November. So many things are consistent. Scorpion season. Bookie's birthday. Fantastic movies and video games that come out during this month. Not to mention Survivor Series. A WWE slash WWF pay-per-view extravaganza. One of my favorites besides WrestleMania. Tonight, however, we bring you back 20 years to the date. To the ever-so-popular Montreal Screwjob. This is the Loki and Jabroni Show, and tonight we break down the job that got screwed over by Vince himself. Coming at you. Pimp your birthday during the bumper again. I will not buy you awesome whiskey like I do every year. I'm gonna buy you Evan Williams. Hold, okay. your, hold your head back and just pour it down your throat I'll as you scream in horror. You'd probably love it. I'll drink it. Welcome everybody to the Loki and Jabroni show on this cool, crisp, nipply November evening. I'm Jabroni. This gentleman over here, Loki, as always, the man in the box, is, was, and always will be. Senor Eddie Focus, how's everybody doing tonight? Buenos dias. Good. Oh, good. Uh, Nacho, Nacho Grande. And if uh, if you guys want to get movie tickets on my birthday, November 17th, Justice League is coming out. And I will say this, there's been games that come out my birthday and movies that come out my birthday, and none of them have sucked. They've been... Now, now I will not go as, so far as to say great. No. But they've been good. They've been good enough to hold my attention. <laughs> so that's all they have. To that do. being said, go to our website and go to Fandango and order those tickets now. You know that they're going to be freaking. They're going to be gone. Man. Oh yeah, and still, it's still at the top of the page is the Star Wars giveaway where if you buy your Star Wars tickets, you could get a free poster. From Fandango, if you go through www.lokinjamari.com. Which is badass. It is badass. Who doesn't want a free poster? This is going to be the best winter. I love that. Who doesn't want a free Star Wars poster? Even if I didn't like Star Wars, which I do. With Luke looking all evil in back. Free is free, man. I I could probably, if I didn't like Star Wars, say, oh, that guy over there likes Star Wars. Let me give him a poster. And he'll think, oh, shit, this is awesome. Yeah, I love this guy. This guy is my friend. I didn't think he liked me at all until he gave me a Star Wars poster. Here's a a story. Here's a Star Wars story. Here's a Star Wars story. True story. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There was a certain movie. There was a certain movie that everyone was amped for. The promotional materials came out. Nobody bothered to grab it. A few people might have. Mm-hmm. And what do they do a month before the movie comes out? They change the title. And all the promo materials are wrong. Collector's items. But they're collector's point. items. That movie was Return of the Jedi. No shit. Which originally all the posters said Revenge of the Jedi. Wow. And I just learned something new today. George Lucas at the last minute was like, Jedis wouldn't take revenge. No. So he changed it. That, and there was a rumor that there was going to be a certain Star Trek movie coming out called Revenge of Khan. Oh, well. 
and they changed it for Star Wars. <laughs> you know, you'd think these guys would talk to each other. Yeah, Roddenberry, Lucas, listen. You, I got the- you would think the company doing the special effects for the Star Trek movie would clue in the Star Trek people. I think we've already talked about the $5 million mustache. Yes. Okay, and that just proves that these motherfuckers don't talk to each other, nor do they care. More talk about it. Um, we'll also bring up real quick Turtle Beach, one yes. of my favorite. Um, I just had to hook up my connects for fuck's sake to speak with my buddy because my headset is broken. So I, I must now go to an affiliate Turtle Beach and, and get myself a nice Turtle Beach headset there. But see, when you do that, all you're doing is recycling your money because that portion no comes matter. back to us. It's right. like, if I'm going to get it anyways, though. like a rebate card, right. man. I like if it. If I'm going to get it anyways, fuck it, you know. Um, all of our affiliate links, guys, we're sure to have some for you. Zounds, mm-hmm. um, iHome, there's still a lot. I mean, we've got I-Home. all kinds of good shit there. All you got, King Cooler. Just, just click and look. Click and look. And then just, just visiting. And you know you go on Amazon every day. If you go on Amazon, all we ask is just make it like, especially for you you guys that are like on your smartphones and you're like, oh, it's too hard. All you got to do is bookmark LokiAndJabroni.com. It's too easy. And boom. And instead of just going boom to Amazon, you go boom to Loki and Jabroni. Then you hit boom, the little Amazon click right there, and boom, you're on Amazon, just like it's a normal thing going on. So it, it really isn't that hard. Bookmarking is your friend. It's just like old school. It's literally a bookmark. It saves your page. Mm-hmm. How easy is that? If I can do it, you can do it. I'm saying. And it's very simple. It's My very 10-year-old simple. teaches me how to use this fucking gimmick phone. I don't even know sometimes. Let's give a couple shout-outs real quick before we go into what's on our mind. Hello, Will. Hello, Stacy. Hello, Tim. Hello, Janelle. And hello, Lee. Share the video with your friends. That's the only way we're going to move. And we got some exciting shit to talk about this week. So where do you want to start? Did we flip the coin this week and Ed lost again? Um, I believe... I believe Ed starts this week. Yeah, that works. So, Ed, what do you got on your mind? Well... Going back to uh, Justice League, I'm mm-hmm. um, pretty happy to hear this. Uh, they screened it for critics, and the critics were allowed to tweet their response. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to write a review, but they were allowed to tweet their response. And their responses have been positive. Good. They say it's not as good as Wonder Woman, but it's better than Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. I can buy both of those. So, I'm hopeful. I liked both of those films. I liked them too. I just I know they weren't great. And I know some of the complaints were the fight scene in Superman Batman was a little blase blah or too much or over the top or what have you. The whole mo- the whole movie was very had too much going on. I, I thought I, I thought they they tried to jam four hours worth of movie into two and a half hours worth of film, which sometimes you got to do. I watched uh, I watched the three hour expanded edition. Yeah, so did <laughs> and I. And it was still too much movie crammed into. Uh, it's like I can't tell you how many times I started and stopped because I was falling asleep. Still, still dug the movie. Um, I liked it. I just know it wasn't. It, just, it wasn't I'm as good as it could curious, be. Curious, and the jury's still out. I'm sure we're not going to find out until I think it's summer of eighteen. Why in the hell does Aquaman get his own movie? It's Aquaman. He was a bit player on the Super Friends. He's a bit player in hey, the comic buddy. books. Hey, you better stop that. You better. I will get out of this water right now. You better stop that, mister. Oh, come on. He's got long hair and he drinks whiskey. He must be cool. Shots on him. Whatever. I'm, I'm glad that's I can dig it. Hey, I'm also the crow. A couple questions from the peanut gallery. Will it be better than Green Lantern? 
Green Lantern is not part of the DC <laughs> Cinematic Dude, Universe. Spawn was better than oh. Green, Green Lantern. Second okay. uh, comment, saying something is better than Batman v Superman is like saying someone is a better wrestler than John Cena. I'll buy it. No! He's an entertainer! Ric Flair was the no. best wrestler hey, of all time. Hey, 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 first of all, first of all, it had Superman in it, so it wasn't terrible, Okay. It was decent. I'll buy it. It was decent. Oh, Christ, you no, devil, no devil's advocate here. No, right, no, no, no. It was, it was horrible. It's, if Superman wasn't in it, that's that's trash on the side of the curb. Trash on the side of the well, curb. Well, then it would be called There's Batman one B. thing. Exactly. There's one thing you exactly. could do. There's one thing you could do to really improve that movie and, and take out the whole Martha sequence. Yes. I'm st- I still- instead, instead, have him say, don't let them kill my mom. Right. That would have been better. I can go for And that. then you get into Batman's like... <laughs> and then Batman's like, your mom's alive? Oh, mine's yeah. not. Let me save her. Why did I get all British right there? Uh, I have no fucking clue. You, you confuse Alfred with Bruce Wayne, obviously. Yeah, sometimes I do. Thomas Wayne has fucked up my head but, for two years now, and I'm waiting for him to come back. The, the critics who have been tweeting about the movie they screened, um, and it, you know they could still edit some things, but... Well, actually, it's coming out Friday, so it's probably in the can, but... They they all agree that uh, Wonder Woman really shines in the whole movie. So oh, it absolutely does. So incredible. Lady J's listening. She's she's probably squeeing right now. Beginning to end. That, she that just said Wonder was, Woman made the movie yeah, on the uh, peanut gallery over here. So yeah. that's what they're all saying. Like Wonder Woman does really good in the Justice League. So come on, dude. During Batman versus Superman, she had her own music for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. That's that's how cool she was. Well, is that 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 tribal fight music? I yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> right, that made, made that the whole Wonder nice. Woman movie for me. Well, that was her music, though. That's why you knew, like, you know, added wrinkle to the character, though, too, because you know when I again we all are in our forties or just hit forty, and when I think of Wonder Woman, I think of that Linda Carter music with the thump 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 thump. But to give her that badass, like you said, the tribal music. Fantastic. Well, they tried to... Wonder Woman back then, they tried to make her like the female version of Captain America. You know, the red, yeah. white, and blue thing. And, and she they took the Amazonian warrior out of it, really. And yeah. they're kind of putting it back in with, with these movies. And it's been a good move so far. I'll agree. But, Something on your mind there, kiddo? Um, Other than your birthday in just a few short days... Happy birthday, by the way. We'll say it right here, right now, to this guy. He turned episode. 31 years old. No, I don't. I turned 43. 43, I'll take it. 43. 43 I'm not, I'm is a great shame. number. I like it. I remember 43. It's when we started this podcast, I believe. In 43? No, when I was 43. Oh, oh. I was say, that's true. That's true. Two, right da- two dads drunk at a bar. Let's right. do something. After, after Normandy started the podcast? It was actually uh, Vietnam. Thank you. When Mike and I served in Vietnam, and uh, we had PTSD and all that, whatever. You know, you believe anything you hear sometimes, you guys, so we're just going to tell you. We met in Vietnam, and then 40 years later, we started a podcast. And I am Princess Diana. So, um... I thought you looked familiar. You shaved your head, though. Yeah. And grew a great goatee. I had to hide from the paparazzi. Right. Yes, paparazzi. Go ahead, kid. So let me just say, uh, normally, you know, this is where I take a moment to be like, hey, wow, check it out. What's going on? You know, look at the pretty birdie over here. But I do got to say, um, I want to give a big congrats to Lady J, Janelle, for uh, getting her promotion. 
She, yes. uh, she worked her butt off for it, and she was finally given to her. So, big Loki and Jabroni shout out to you. That Speak was, to you, kid. Congratulations. Congratulations. There you go. Done for so, it. Super toast. Super toast for it. I'm wondering why your phone is going off in the middle of a very important broadcast. Because Lady J just sent me something hysterical. Oh, okay. Well, then, let's just, let's just run with it. Fuck it. Fuck it. So what do you got? Oh, I got a list of shit, but I'm going to try to make it quick. Uh, not going to do a whole sports thing because the, the theme of the show is sports, but Adrian Claiborne was on fire Sunday against the Dallas Cowgirls. Six sacks. Franchise record, one short of the NFL record held by Derek Thomas. Seven sacks in a game in 1990. AC was on fire. 27-7 was the final. Falcons win. Thank you very much. Guys, we've been talking about a giveaway, and we're extending it, and I'm throwing a curveball at you. Because I secured all this stuff. The Hoist Gracie giveaway, we have two autographed bobbleheads and three autographed 8x10s, all signed by UFC Hall of Famer <coughs> Hoist Gracie. Originally, it was send us a two- to three-minute video telling us why you love the Loki and Jabroni show. You get one entry. Give us a $20 monthly gift on www.patreon.com forward slash Loki and Jabroni. You get Five entries. But I'm sweetening the pot. You know why? Because these things are in my house, and they're taking up precious space where I can put new books and things like that. If you do both, do the three-minute video and the $20 monthly gift, I'll give you ten entries. And this contest runs until December 31st, so our first show of 2018, we are drawing the winners, all five of you, and we're going to send them out within days. And you're going to have autographed Hoist Gracie gimmicks as long as the day is, and you'll be able to tell your friends, oh, yeah, UFC Hall of Fame. You can tell stories live. I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, I was uh, in a bar, and Hoist Gracie was there, and I happened to have a bobblehead. He signed it in a gold Sharpie pen. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Or I beat his ass for that. And, uh, <laughs> as he better. was bleeding out, I made him sign it. By the way, sign this 8 by 10 <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, and I, I know I told you the story, and when I met him, and I got all these gimmicks signed. We were talking about our age. And he had said something about, oh, he dropped the pen. Oh, I don't want to bend down. I bent down. Quick, get the pen. He goes, oh, you're much younger than me. I'm like, dude, I'm almost 45 years old. He goes, I'm 51. What is this you're showing? What is that? Who's the chick? Oh, it's Janelle. Oh, sitting <laughs> in our chair. She's Jerry Springering even when she's not here. Love it, though. That's awesome. That's the, my favorite part. That, that picture was awesome. Thank you for the picture. That was cool. You guys can send pictures, too. I'll get you what you um, No, and he says, well, I just turned 50. And I looked at him. I said, dude, even at 50, you could whip my ass. And I pointed to the guy behind me and his ass and his ass and his ass all at the same time. The guys behind me were easily in their 20s, just there and having a good time. And he could have just sat back and go, yep, one at a time or all together. I'm going to whoop your ass. So, Boyce Grace is a tough motherfucker. Yeah. UFC Hall of Famer. He's beating Absolutely. the best. He is the best. We have a new sponsor, and since 85% of our listenership is right here in the New England area, this is. is going to be important. Uh, Ace Hardware of Connecticut has signed on as a weekly sponsor. I'm excited, and they're going to give us every week a product of the week. Here comes the fun part. Mention, go in and buy that product, and mention you heard it on the Loki and Giovanni Show. You get entered. Every week, they're going to give away a $10 gift card to somebody who goes in, buys the product of the week, and mentions they heard it here. Sweet. And they're going to send a little something for the budget. So any help that we can get and any help that we can give them is great. Your product of the week is Okanagan Wood Pellets. 
It's wintertime, man. You're going to need the wood pellets. 50, I think it's a 50-pound bag. 740 not a bag. $300 a ton. Canada's best renewable, eco-friendly energy source. It's a high BTU value. 800 BTUs. These things are this big, but they burn something fierce. Oh, yeah. It's a low chloride content, so you don't have to worry about junk in your air. And they're rated number one in the pellets that are sold in this great country. 300 for a ton? 300 for a ton. That's not bad. One skid, one whole pallet, yeah. 300 bucks out the door. Mention you here, heard it here. The Loki and Jabroni Show, you'll get entered to win a $10 Ace gift card a ton once a week. Pretty much like two months worth of heat, if I'm not mistaken. Depending on how cold your winter is, yeah, yeah you're right. And you can't do any better than this. So go to Ace Hardware of Connecticut in Middletown, Rocky Hill, or in Norwich. Buy the product. Mention heard on the Loki and Jabroni Show. We're going to enter you into a contest. One card per week will be given away. We hope it's you. Get it done. Let me just, let me just add, being in the home improvement business, which will now remain nameless. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Most God. of these pellets, when they're bought, they got to buy these like months in advance, folks. So grab it now. Yeah. Grab it now while it's still there. Absolutely. A um, couple questions from the peanut galleries. Uh, Anthony Canalia says, are you taking calls? Not yet. Well, I don't know if we're going to take calls at all tonight, but... Uh, we'll, 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 see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> uh, Nicole likes the red hat. She wants to know, am I single or married? Um, I'm happily taken, I guess, is the correct answer. Not married, yet not single. I'm that in-between uh, happy place. Me and the eternal flame, just getting it done, man. It's, good. it's a good deal. That means threesomes are possible. I mean, yeah. Hold on a second. All right, you know, we can move on. Definitely. And sometimes Chris will be there. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm usually holding the camera, if that makes sense. Shh, we're not talking about that part of the network yet. <laughs> Speaking of the network, don't forget, tomorrow night, as the phone is ringing here in Valhalla and Champ Complex, CJ Speedway Review. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., and this week we talk about Phoenix and the upcoming Championship 4, which has been nailed down. Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski. And it's going to be fun. And going into Sunday, I'm going to be a knot of nerves because my guy is in it, Kevin Harvick. Um, Dale Jr. retiring after next week's race. Matt Kenseth possibly retiring after next Absolutely. week's race. And you're going to hear a very special song this Wednesday on the CJ Speaker. That's all I can say. Oh, wow. Lee is in the house. Hello, Lee. Nicole, we mentioned. Anthony, we mentioned. Everybody's in the house. Uh, Will wants to know, when do we bring on the midgets? Midget wrestlers? Yes. Or just midgets in general. You know what? That would be great. We could, get, we could get Lee to sit in between us one night for a podcast, and we have fulfilled Lee, our Lee, midget quota. Lee is short. He's not a midget. Oh, shit. He's not. No. Okay, we never need, mind. We need, we need real. Real midgets? Yes. Whatever happened to no, that's where I'll leave it. the roving reporter? Huh? Uh, yeah, uh, nobody's heard from the roving reporter. So there you go. Uh, Mrs. With Lee, so hello. You guys are watching together. Watch on separate devices so we get more uh, views. That'd be great. You think midgets use uh, Legos for their wedding cakes? You know, think... No, but I think that they, no. do, they build their own step stools. With, with Legos. Duplo blocks. I once saw a midget comedian. He was hilarious. Mm. Do you think midgets make squeaky noises when they're having sex? Yes. No. I think they're built with that squeaky thing like you get in a cat toy. 
Being a connoisseur of pornographic film. Okay, see, Anthony. And see, seeing the occasional midget Anthony's porn. Anthony's blowing us up now, a.k.a. T. Black from the Top Rope Report and from M&J, who has awesome things. You guys have seen us share their stuff. But, dude, I told you, you want to be on the show, you're going to put me on your show or put him on your show. We will work this out together. The network grows. Friendships grow. You know, can't be washing all the hands. We, we, we will. We will. Even we'll, if you're we'll, washing yourself. Right. What, is the, what is the quote? Even right, if you're not watching each other, each other. <laughs> let's let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, right. how about that? Um, oh wait, question from the peanut gallery: Do midgets live in Lincoln Law homes? I was going to say that, and then if really, so, if so, they have to use gorilla glue for filler. I, I have to grab a backup. That was a great question. Thank you, Will. <laughs> Fucking spectacular! On with the show. And we'd like to thank Ace, our first and last sponsor. <laughs> No, Ace, actually, right now, actually, the, the funny thing was, I got the email today, says, uh, from the owner and the principal, you know, hey, my wife and I listened to the show, we loved it, and then came the offer, so Ace is on board, man, official sponsor of the Loki Jabroni Show, maybe next time, if they stay with us, we make it sure to have a little, like, Ace is a place for your helpful hardware, Oh, no man. shit, we got the, <laughs> hey, you sang the jingle! <laughs> That is fantastic. <laughs> and if you happen to drive by, you know, my house or on certain occasions here at the Valhalla Studio, you'll see the Ace Mobile parked out front. You never know. You just never know where I'm going to be. We need to sign Viking Entertainment up to SupplyPlace.com. SupplyPlace Ace. I know. I know. I know. I was, we were just talking. We were talking about that. We earlier. were talking about it. And I'm going to be. I'm going to be your uh, guy. I'm going to be the guy. We're, we're starting with the uh, the mark. Mark Extravaganza. Oh, again? Yes. Smoke well, on, Mark, and the rest of you. I don't all right. Know thank if you, you guys, guys. Or even on. You should be, like, on the show. Right. Texting. That's, Meat that's and potatoes. That's where you should be texting right now. So I can see it in the peanut it's gallery. It's on the show, yeah. It's on the show. Live on the Facebook. Hello. Okay, so here's how we're going to do it. 20 years ago, one of the most incredible things ever happened. You guys got to remember, back in the day, they didn't have internet. There was no way of us knowing anything. However, they would have these magazines that would come out every once in a while and they'd give you a good idea of what was going on. And, and if you was, didn't have those, you subscribed like me to like Pro Wrestling Torch or Wrestling Observer, which gave you, I would say, 50% news and 50% what they thought was going to happen. Gossip, right, right, gossip. But I'll tell you what, gossip turned into nine times out of ten, at least part of a storyline that, that you knew were, was coming around. One of the biggest things that we knew coming around in early of 97 would be that Bret Hart was looking to pretty much jump ship. Yeah, there had been talk. He wasn't, he wasn't happy with the new Attitude Era. He wasn't happy with where it was going. He's Everybody knows he was, he's a Boy Scout mm-hmm. heading into this. Um, um, yeah, which I thought was ironic, coming from the Hart Foundation. Yeah. You're suddenly going to turn Boy Scout? Well, he had been for oh, years. Boy Scout. I, yeah, exactly. We're, so... We His name's know. Hitman. We're all going down. <laughs> we're all going down. Uh, memory Chris lane Benoit's here. nickname was the Crip. Never mind. The Crappler. That's a second contract violation this week. So sue me. How about it? He's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> Getting the lawyers. So, like phone. I said earlier, one of the biggest things we used to look forward to, which, by the way, if mm-hmm. no one's going to sign up, we're just going to freaking have it here and, and go live from here and just get. Shitty drunk in the Are you talking about Survivor Series or yeah. WrestleMania? Yeah. Can't do it. It's Championship Weekend in NASCAR, and I got a podcast to run. Oh. I wish I could. Somebody else asked me today about, hey, come to my house and watch Survivor Series. Bro, I can't do it. I'm sorry. 
You know, and, and, and I'm and, the guy in the box. Hey, first of all, WWE never in the it's been now twelve years since the chase has been in place. Never in twelve years have you booked your Survivor Series on the same weekend as Championship Weekend in NASCAR. I've always had that out. Watch the race next week. Watch a pay per view. Why now? What's next? Are you going to go head-to-head with the Super Bowl? That's probably what they're trying to do. They're probably trying to get the race. They'd lose. They'd lose their ass if they went against the Super Bowl. Think about it. 12, 12 years of the chase, they've never gone head-to-head with Championship Weekend. Now they are. Oh, that's Vince McMahon for you. No, Vince McMahon screwed <laughs> up my... Uh, it's lucky now I got the fire stick. I could probably watch the race, cheer, do my thing, and... Uh, then catch it on fire stick. I'll probably be. It's a night. It's a night race. Four o'clock start, I believe. So, if it's an earlier race, you know what? Let me get off the Facebook gimmick. I'm going to tell you what time the race is, and maybe, just maybe, I have a little gimmick going on here. But continue your uh, Survivor right. Series. So, uh, as we we're saying, damn it, it's a three o'clock race. I'm Twenty screwed. years ago, the Montreal screw job happened. Mm-hmm. For those of us who witnessed it, and I witnessed it. I don't know if you witnessed it. We didn't know oh, yeah. what was going on. Um, if you got the pay-per-view, it literally went from Bret Hart spitting in Vince McMahon's face to you just looking at the SummerSlam logo as they were... Oh, the Survivor Series. I'm sorry, the the Survivor Series logo. Um, at that point, we didn't know what was scripted, what happened, and it wasn't until almost five years later... When we kind of really put the story together, and I think Mancow, at the time, he had a radio station. He was really, really big into it. He actually had Bret Hart on there, hmm. and he asked him about it, and that's when it really started breaking free that people realized, hey, this this was, this was set up. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break down the Survivor Series 1997 Montreal Screwjob. As you guys all know, I am a Bret Hart fan. I loved Bret Hart growing up. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, my partner here is going to take the uh, side of Shawn Michaels. We're going to break down a little bio of our wrestler leading up until Survivor Series. So you can have a little idea of what happened. Then we'll break down information that perhaps the other person didn't know about Survivor Series, a little digging that each one of us did, and um, we'll have our man in the box uh, throwing the uh, the uh, red cards out if we get a little obnoxious and a little loud. All right, so I'm not going to be on the As long as I don't get kicked out of the house, I'm happy. <laughs> All right, so for, for my portion of this, I'm not going to be on the Facebook gimmick. I'm just going to go through the bio, and then I'm... Uh, at some point, uh, we talked about going through the year leading up to this. I got everything right. All here, right, man. good. So I'm on the side of HBK, Shawn Michaels, born Michael Shawn Hickenbottom, July 22nd, 1965. So when the screw job happens, he's 32 years old. Um, he's listed as a professional wrestler, television presenter, actor. That's using the yeah, term loosely. Loose actor. Uh, born in Chandler, Arizona, resides in San Antonio, Texas. That's what it is. Uh, he's built at six foot one. He's built at two hundred twenty-five pounds. I've stood next to Shawn Michaels. I'm five foot ten. He's lucky if he's six feet tall. I'd buy two twenty-five. Trained by Jose Lothario, as everybody knows, if you were a follower in the nineties, Jose Lothario came back into the fold to manage Shawn Michaels during his uh, championship run. Yes. His debut was October 10, 1984. He retired on March twenty-eight, two thousand ten, after a loss to the Undertaker. 
Uh, came up through San Antonio and Kansas City, went on to the AWA where he first teamed with Marty Jannetty, although they knew each other from the Kansas Territory. Mm-hmm. From there, they went to the WWF for two days. And in those two days, they found a way to get themselves fired and sent back to the AWA. Another year later, they come back to the WWE. They are simply the Rockers. They came in as the Midnight Rockers. They did their little gimmick. They, they left. They come back. Now they're just simply the Rockers. Build as tag team specialists. Never officially held the WWE tag team titles, although they did win it on a TV taping where the top rope broke, and they just thought, okay, well, we can't use this footage. It's terrible. We're just going to erase history, like a lot of you millennials love to do. And this this title change never happened. But a year later was a split between Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels on the barbershop. The super kick heard around the world. Threw him through the window. Bloodied him up. Then it began. Three-time Intercontinental Champion. Finally got his chance at WrestleMania 11. I was there. I was also there for the ladder match the year before. WrestleMania 10. Stole the show. Still one of my favorite WrestleMania gimmicks of all time. And it is a gimmick. The ladder match is a gimmick. But to hear Ric Flair tell it in his book, on video, and in every interview he's ever done... Basically, Shawn Michaels had a 30-minute match with a ladder, and Razor Ramon happened to be there. If you've ever watched that match, you know what I'm talking about. WrestleMania 11 in Hartford, Connecticut, he got his first major pay-per-view shot. Really, he had one earlier in Survivor Series 93 against Bret Hart. It was a throwaway match. Didn't mean much. This was his opportunity. Again, stole the show. A year later at WrestleMania in 1996, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, 60-minute Ironman match, goes into overtime. He wins his first world, world title. Um, went on to win, well, match of the years. Every year that he was in a WrestleMania main event or featured spot, starting with the Razor Ramon ladder match, won the match of the year every year that he was in a main, a main spot. Not the main event, but a main spot. No one else will ever top that, much like the Undertaker streak. No one's going to go 21-0, and no one's going to top 12 match of the year, whether it's Wrestling Observer, whether it's Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, wherever, match of the year. This guy was a stellar performer. In my opinion, there's only one other person. There's Ric Flair way up here, and then underneath there's like 1A and 1B. There's Shawn Michaels and the man you're about to hear about, Bret Hart. Bret Sergeant Hart. His parents gave him a middle name of Sergeant. Absolutely. If his last if his last name were Slaughter, I'd buy it. Born July second, nineteen fifty seven. His ring debut was nineteen seventy eight. I was four years old, by the way. I was one. Stampede Wrestling, seventy-eight. own father's wrestling promotions, ended up uh, becoming a four-tag team champion with his brother Keith, <clears throat> joined the WWF August 1984, originally asked to be a cowboy, quoted as saying, if you call yourself a cowboy, you better be one. Real quick, if you guys want to read the autobiographies of these two gentlemen... And Sean's got two books. Brett's got one really thick book. Yeah, Great yeah. reads, Rest all of them. Shadows. Uh, no, that, that was no, the that's movie. The, that's the movie. That's the book the movie. was called Hitman, My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling. Go to www.lokinjabroni.com. Click the Amazon link. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Sean's got two books. Brett's got one huge book, which could 
I like may have been broken up. Comical world because it's funny because when the '90s first started, like right before the Attitude Era, right before Vince became Mister McMahon, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying corporate McMahon. Yeah, they were known to have this cartoon look. You know, what sure. I'm saying like this, almost like your characters. They had clowns. They had fucking, garbage men, dude. Yeah, exactly. Dentists, hillbillies, dentists. You fucking name Hello, it. Dude, they were out there. They were out there. Um, you take any of this, and they were they were very animated. So I love I love how he says that. Uh, carrying on, in the nineties, he spent six hundred and fifty four days as champion. Combined, yeah, exactly. Not in a row, not in a row, but combined. He is one of the longest reigning title holders, obviously, of the 90s and of for a long time ever. Mm -hmm. Um, five time WWF champ, four time WCW champ, but that comes, you know, later. King of the Ring 91, 93, uh, Royal Rumble 94, IC champ, two time, tag team champ, two time. He is a second, he is the second. WWF Triple Crown Champion and the fifth WCW Triple Crown Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, WCW throws out Triple Crown Champions like that horse. Um, for, Jeff Jarrett, for Brett, no, look, for, for Brett to be in there for as long as he was and to pull that off, you know what I'm saying? That's, right. He must have been like, that's part of my clause. Come on over, you motherfuckers. Because I have to pull that shit off. <laughs> if we if we do a little after the screw job gimmick, I'll I'll tell you what I what I learned from Bruce Pritchard's podcast about this very same subject two days ago. Uh, August 29th, nineteen eighty four, tag team match with the Dynamite Kid was his very first WWF. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that feud a million times. It's it's amazing. No, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so leading up. To the Survivor Series. Brett has this huge feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It started in about late 96. Brett calling or Stone Cold calling him out, saying, hey, real men don't wear pink and black. You know what I'm saying? That, that was Austin's little gimmick. There was that one interview, and my friends went to uh, Survivor Series 96 in New York. I was on a plane from Indianapolis back to Connecticut. Yep. And I went to the Raw the next night. But I'll never forget the promo the week before where he says, uh, if you put the letter S in front of the hitman, you get my exact <laughs> opinion of Bret Hart. And there I am. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm with you. I was probably the first Stone Cold fan as Stone Cold. I loved him as Stunning Steve. Yeah, but absolutely. go on. As Stone Cold, absolutely. Um, Royal Rumble, he ends up tossing Stone Cold out. Stone Cold comes right back in, unbeknownst to the wrestler, to the refs, and chops the hitman right out of the fuck. I got a story about that. Now, let me tell you something. That was awesome. I am, I, I am a hitman fan at this time. I'm not a bad, very big Stone Cold fan. And and wrestling back in the nineties worked me up pretty good. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> so I was fucking livid when this happened. Absolutely fucking livid. I, I'm at my place in in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, watching with my friend Shane, who was a huge Bret Hart fan, and he was also a Saints fan. So Falcon Saints, we'd get together and we'd always bet a thirty rack. And on the Royal Rumble, knowing it's all predetermined, if none of us win, nobody wins a thirty rack. So who do you want to win? Like, uh, I got Stone Cold. I got Brett. And when Austin gets thrown out, I'm like, shit. 
I'm out of 30 rack. He slips back in, he throws them out, ding, 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 <laughs> over. And Jane's like, I'm not buying you a 30 rack. I'm like, what? You're kidding. He won. The bell rang and all this, whatever, and they showed the replay. The ref didn't see it. They were over attending to Terry Funk at the time. Yeah, yeah. Because he had busted something. Terry Funk busts something every three or four <laughs> every weeks. fucking Royal Rumble And they're like, he's like, I'm not buying you a 30 rack. Two yeah. days later, I show up at work, and Shane's like, when you leave, go out to my car. He didn't just buy me a 30 rack. He bought me two thirty racks. One was regular that I won, and the other one in Sharpie had written "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you" all over the thirty rack. So I got at that time two weeks, two and a half weeks worth of beer, nice. just because because Shane was a stand up guy. So nice. you know, miss you, brother. Hope you're watching. Uh, obviously, that happens. <laughs> uh, we go right around to WrestleMania thirteen, uh, and still to this day, probably one of the greatest matches. If not, I'm not going to say the greatest match, but a five-star match nonetheless. Fucking amazing. Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, middle of the ring, blood gushing out of this dude's fucking head. Never taps. This is where I had complete respect for Stone Cold because the sharpshooter is not fun. And, and, and if you ever notice if Bret doesn't like you, Bret sits on you. Like... The, I've heard that. Uh, other, uh, books that I've read about, from other guys. Yeah. Have he will said, sit on you. And you are. And then rent you. Yeah, exactly. And you ain't fucking moving if somebody sits. That is their weight. Because normally you kind of sit back on it so it's not so hard on you. Right. You're if leaning you just, yeah. and you're putting the weight on your thighs and your knees. Exactly. Exactly. But if you sit on a motherfucker, you are. And Austin's leg was it. fucked up already. Oh, right? Yeah. He had yeah. The big, he had, oh, yeah. It was the beginning of that yeah. big uh, metal brace that he was doing. He literally passes out. In the middle of the ring, Ken Shamrock has no choice but to call. And, Great match. You know, absolute fantastic match. Uh, that's leading into April. Go ahead and take the beginning of the year with the... Uh, All right. Well, we already mentioned November 96, which was uh, Survivor Series. New York, New York. Sean loses the title Psycho Sid in... Depending on what you listen to, or it was supposed to be Vader. And Vader is not living up to the hype, so they need help. They call Psycho Sid... Can you come in, do the runs, yep. whatever? So Sid is now the champion. Uh, 96, December 96, not much happens. He made a couple TV appearances, nothing huge. January 97, Sean goes to his hometown of San Antonio, Texas, Alamo Dome. 67,000 people watch him at the Royal Rumble win, same Royal Rumble we're talking about, yep, yep. where he beats Sid for the title. Then a month later, Almost less than a month later. Well, you got to remember, he's doing DX at this time. Too. Not yet. That was, was uh, just, just about no same year. It was the, it was, just, they were behind the scenes, but they haven't come out as DX. That's yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. the list. Yeah, February ninety-seven, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. Shawn Michaels walks out to the ring on live television and surrenders the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Now I'm saying this in quotes because Bret Hart will tell you I think he faked the injury, an alleged injury. And he lost his smile. We all remember that promo. Oh, yeah. Turns out he did have a little tweak in his knee. He had a surgery with Dr. James Andrews, the noted surgeon out of Alabama. And he was back in the ring in late May. But before that, in March 97, he goes to WrestleMania and does commentary for Bret Hart, Steve Austin, and does the backflip off the ropes. Now, I understand. You're trying to piss off Bret Hart. There, there was already the seeds there. There, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yep, yep. But you're out there. You're in your suit, your gimmick, and you and you 
do the backflip off the rope, you land on your feet. If you're Bret Hart, and if I'm Bret Hart, I'd be like, eh, motherfucker. I've been faking this shit the whole time. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I'm going to scoot ahead to June, then I'm going to turn the uh, reins over to Loki for the rest of the year of Bret Hart. I was at the Raw in Hartford, Connecticut, waiting for the main event of Shawn Michaels versus Brian Pillman. I saw that. Don't even try it. Good job. Instead, earlier in the evening, there was a backstage fight between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, in which production things were broken. Shawn got a clump of his hair torn out, and Shawn leaves the building, citing an unsafe work environment, doesn't return for another month. Bret Hart does not appear on the show either. He left about an hour later. But he did appear on TV the next week, and his storyline went on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, after uh, a, a strew of events, obviously, he gets involved with Psycho Sid himself. Um, he tries very much to get a hold of his head. Which, by the way, in, in WrestleMania 13, Brett also interfered in that match only to take a Psycho Sid fucking power bomb, much to his dismay. Which one? Um, the oh, Undertaker match? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was, uh, I, was I, I love Brett, but I thought that was funny as shit. <laughs> so if I'm not mistaken, didn't he get chokeslam too? I can't, I don't know. I, I, I only watched... I'm going to I'm have to watch that again. I'm I only watched it. one match in preparation for this tonight. Oh, you Just one. Yeah, okay. Yes, I okay. did. Um, yeah, I, I checked it out too. But anyways, <laughs> going through this whole thing, um, he starts to fall into this heel thing. He's a tweener. Uh, Canada and anybody outside America loves him. America hates him. He denounces American fans. In 1997, the Summer Magazine, he was, he was voted most hated wrestler. In 1997. Now, that's saying a lot. You'd have to you'd have to wonder if the readership was strictly United States or if it was a worldwide magazine. Like, I would say the WWE magazine, all their awards you're getting. Yeah. Oh, easily. They're going to tell you, Lex Luger? What? Yeah. No, Lex yeah. Luger's not popular. No, absolutely. I've been in the arenas when they booted him. He's doing the America gimmick. But if the readership was strictly United States, I'll buy it. Absolutely. So SummerSlam is right around the corner. He gets a shot at Taker. And this this was set up pretty much from WrestleMania because he tried to interfere in the whole match and almost got, uh, you know, Taker fucking, because Taker had his streak going at that time. It was still strong, still very much strong. The one at WrestleMania? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So he finally gets him at SummerSlam, and he says, if I don't beat the Taker, I will never wrestle in the United States again. I've never rooted for the Undertaker harder. <laughs> Now, you know those two are very good friends, right? And the night of the screw job, after everything was said and done, he turned to Undertaker and told him, this is your this is your place now. You watch over these guys. Because Brett kind of used to feel like the kids would call to him and, and talk to him and, and get the information out from them. Oh, hey, you should take care of this guy, Mr. McMahon. You should take care of this guy type thing. <clears throat> Anyways, he goes on to beat the Undertaker for the fifth and final time in the WWF. October, he defends his title to Farouk. Uh, October 20th. Once again, on the 27th, he defends his title against Ken Shamrock, which, of course, he was in the ankle lock submission. Looked like he was in a tap. Somebody got in there and interfered. 
all three times leading up to the Survivor Series Montreal Screwjob. Now, after going through this year, and at this point, like I said earlier before we started, a lot of, you know, internet wasn't very big. Well, it was just coming to it, you know, it's just coming around. A lot of people were getting their information from there, but you knew, you knew Bret Hart was leaving. The story was telling it, he wasn't happy. It, it, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. But you kind of thought with him winning the winning the belt from The Undertaker and then defending it against Farouk, which, by the way, was a pretty fucking gruesome fucking match. I don't know if you remember that one. Raw? Yeah. Raw is War, October 20th. And, and that was a pretty fucking physical match, dude. Like, and he, he actually won that one fair and square. There, there's nothing. The Ken Shamrock won, he didn't. I will definitely say he weaseled his way out of that one. The, the whole story at that point for Bret Hart with the Canada versus United States thing, they started to take a real ugly turn to where I remember the Nation of Domination walks into their dressing room and it's been ransacked and on the wall. Uncle Tom this and nothing you could do today 20 years later. Uncle, oh God. Uncle Tom this and Canada rules and there was just, you know, it started to become more of a race war than it was your average everyday wrestling feud. Absolutely. And when... Farouk, Ron Simmons, and Bret Hart have that match. I was glued. And I, I like both of them. I always did. I, I've always loved Ron Simmons. I've, I've always, always had respect a, for Ron Simmons. Always, I wasn't a fan of the Farouk character. No. I respected where they were coming with I it. I dug the nation, though. Yeah, yeah. The nation was D'Lo Brown, man. D'Lo Love me some D'Lo Brown, man. <laughs> Love me some D'Lo Brown. The, the head gimmick and the, the theme song. Looking at the real deal now. Talking oh about the good shit now. Oh, that's, that was, yeah, that's classic. All right. That's classic. All right, so yeah, take it from June. All right, well, June, Shawn Michaels returns to WWE and is not doing much of anything except seconding Hunter first Helmsley to the ring. It was the first time these two are on camera together. You already covered August 97 when Brett wins the belt. Shawn Michaels was the special referee. The ending of that match, I believe, was... Space. Yeah, he, uh, was it Brett had a chair and Shawn says you can't... No, 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 he went for Brett. He That's went for Brett. Oh, Sean had the chair. Yeah. Brett was for... jaw-jacking with him. Brett spit at him. He swings the chair. Mrs. Brett hits, hits Taker. Taker. He goes, you got to count. That's right. He's it. He is. The, I remember that. In the corner, he's pointing. He's like, get down and count. Yeah. Gives the reluctant don't three count. The, the, um, the, the speculation was if Brett lost, he could no longer wrestle in the United States. In the United States. If uh, Sean didn't call it fair and square... He was no longer to be able to wrestle in the WWF Correct. at that time. Or WWF. I remember that. But as we all know, the finish on that, Brett wins, which will lead us to November. September 97, One Night Stand, a United Kingdom-only pay-per-view, which was really weird to me, but it makes sense going forward in the story. Shawn Michaels beats Davy Boy Smith in his hometown of Manchester, England, to win the European title. God, I hated the European title, but um, loved it when D'Lo Brown had it. He had the European title and the IC title at the same time. Called it the Eurocontinental yes, title. Yes. Love D'Lo Brown. We had to do a D'Lo Brown episode. 
October 97, what most people don't remember about October 97, the pay-per-view. Everybody remembers it was the night that we lost Brian Pillman. Yes. But it was also the first ever Hell in a Cell match between Shawn... First ever Hell in a Cell match. It was between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Shawn wins after the mm-hmm. debut of Kane. He rips off the cage door, smacks yep. Undertaker around, pile driver done. Shawn Sh- Michaels squeaks his little ass out of there. Yes, he does. Now, seven days later comes the birth of one of my favorite factions of all time on Monday Night Raw, Degeneration X. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time, China, and Ravishing Rick in a backstage promo. And if I remember the story correctly from Brett's book and from Shawn's book, they were told, you know, hey, Brett, I want you to call these guys degenerates and how you hate what they do and this and that and the third. And at some point, Shawn Michaels screwed up the term Generation X and said, you blame Degeneration X on it, bing, light bulb goes off. Degeneration X, that's who we are. Shawn Michaels, Hunter, China, Ravishing Rick, we'll make the rules, you break it. Mm-hmm. Now, the match had been booked in advance, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and they're playing this up. Now, sometime during all of this, Shawn Michaels signs himself a new contract with the WWF. But what we don't know is contract... For Bret Hart, which was signed a year earlier, one year earlier in October, it was a 20-year contract. Money broken down over a period of time. He was supposed to get paid. That's with a capital P right there. Hey, mm-hmm. One year in, Vince McMahon wants to renege on the contract and says, hey, if you want to go see if WCW still has an offer, you can, but I'm not sure I can afford to pay you. Or you can wait and get the money on the back end. It's your call. Brett does the negotiation in a week. If I'm doing my math right, I think it was around Halloween. I was a subscriber to Pro Wrestling Torch, and you got the word. Bret Hart's going to WCW starting on December 8th, my birthday of 1997. So you know he has X amount of time. He can he can win out. He can go to the December pay-per-view, which was on December 7th, and drop the belt. He can do all of this. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. I don't want to step on your toes if you want to lead in the beginning of November or if you want me to do it. Uh, I'm all good. But all I know is Bret Hart on... I can waive the rules this one time only. October 30, signs the paper, faxes it back to Eric Bischoff. As of December 8, 1997, Bret Hart would officially be a member of World Championship Wrestling. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, I didn't know at the time. I wasn't a big internet person, so this was... This was leading into it, not knowing what was going on. Um, now you know all about it. Now let me <clears throat> let me give you a little setup. Going into this, Brett knew something was wrong. Brett knew, and he had people like Vader and Jim the Anvil Lionheart and fucking British Bulldog coming up to him, being like, "Dude, look, don't let him get you in a submission move." Don't let him do this. If you get out, like, do not give them an opportunity to screw you over. He's looking to screw you over. The problem was, Brett thought he had a little money in the bank, a little ace in the pocket, if you will, and Earl Hefner. Earl was a longtime friend of the Mm -hmm. hearts and of Brett personally. Head referee for the WWE for easily 12, 13 years. And, of course, going to be refereeing that match. He was one of those guys that um, 
Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels would go to and say, well, if someone's going to ref my match, I want it to be Earl. Yeah, exactly. Now, Bret, thinking Earl wasn't going to screw him over, let his guard down. He was quoted, and I, I know you probably heard this one too, as saying, I was planning on choking that little bastard out in the middle of the fucking ring. What was in just, his book? Yeah, just put him in a fucking rear naked chokehold and just knock him the fuck out. And put him out. So that way, you know, they're like, oh, fuck, uh, what do we do now? Nothing. He's knocked out. Bye. I keep my fucking belt. Okay. There were, there were a lot of, a lot of things that you're mentioning that ring true that I read in Brett's book and certain reports. Um, I remember reading in Brett's book how it was Davy Boy who told him, yes. be careful out there. I think they're going to try to screw you. Yeah. He went to Earl Hebner and said, you know, hey, Earl, you're the referee, da 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 I think they're trying to screw me, and it was Earl Hebner, and, and this is going to take a twist in a second. No, it They said, dude, I swear on my kids, I won't do that. I won't let yeah. that happen. I will leave this company before I screw you, Brad. An hour later, he's I believe, I believe, off into a car, no, dude. An hour later, after that conversation, he's about to go through the curtain, and I don't remember from Sean's book or from Brett's book, who said it to him? He says, okay, listen, this is what I want you to do. Somebody said it to him. Vince is going to come out there. He's going to be at ringside. And when he tells you to ring the bell, you signal for the bell, you get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. What's yeah. going on? We're screwing Brett tonight. He refuses to put Sean over, which is the plan, which we'll get into in a minute. This is the plan. He wants Sean to go over. He's the boss. And when he, when he yells to you to ring the bell, you ring the bell, you get the fuck out of Dodge, get in your car, get the hell out of here. And it was also, it wasn't in a book, but it was an interview later on in life where Earl said that night he was, he had never been more sickened over something he's done in his life. Yes. No, exactly. And he does. He, he really, <clears throat> he really felt like he, he hurt a friend. He really, you know. He really, and you're in a tough position. You are. What are you it's, supposed to do? It's man? First of all, it's entertainment. We all know it, but yeah. they, you know, again, they're ath they're athletes. Gary was on here last week. Gary will pitbull number one. We acknowledge all of us that professional wrestlers are athletes. Yeah. We also acknowledge that mm -hmm. this is entertainment. So someone is behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz, pulling the strings and saying, "You're this, 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 and this." Um, one of the things that, and I'm going to stick up for Bret Hart here for a minute, and only for a minute. One of the things that Bret Hart had in his contract that was not only alleged, you know, it was told by Vince McMahon. Don't forget McMahon, where we are, too. Montreal, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> Hence the Montreal screwjob, people. In, in his book. <laughs> in his book, he's like, I'm a hero in Canada, and I was in my hometown. Bitch, you're from Calgary. No, I know. That's, that's 200 yeah. miles that yeah, way. Yeah, that's definitely you're, not your hometown. No. That's definitely not your hometown. Although, you can say... If he was if he was wrestling with John Michaels, any place in Canada is his hometown. You I know, I'll, I'll, he he said it himself. I'm a Canadian hero. It's true. There was a poll in 1996 yes. where he was voted the second yes. most famous Canadian, Canadian behind Wayne Gretzky. That's, that's saying, lofty, dude. That's, that's fucking lofty. Something. Wayne fucking Gret the king, the best hockey the player of all the time, one. the greatest, the great, the great one. one, the great one. That's he is. You're, He's, and that's the guy you're following? Wayne fucking Gretzky. Dude, that... that if I'm, I'm a huge hockey fan. I fucking would hump Wayne Gretzky's leg. If I'm number two man. behind Wayne Gretzky, done. I'm, yeah. I'm considering myself I'm, yeah. number one. I'm done. I'm, that's it. Bury me now. 
That's Bury it. me now. I'm good. I'm good to fuck. I might as well be the most famous Canadian ever if Wayne Gretzky didn't exist. That's all you got to think about. I'm doing it. I'm doing it, man. I fucking agree. It's not often I say settle for number two, but if you're, if you're number two behind Wayne Gretzky, you've done something. Yeah. I'd, but be, he has I'd be that man's Robin any day. It's reported in many different situations and Vince McMahon in later interviews that Bret Hart had a, con- a clause in his contract that said for the last 30 days of employment, he had, quote, reasonable creative control over his character and portrayal of such. Now, leading into this, they want to put the title on Sean. They say, okay, Brett, what do you want to do? What do you want to do here? I'll do anything, but I'm not putting Sean over. Nope, not doing it. He's caused enough drama. We've been backstage fights. He's disrespected me. He's disrespected my family. Personally, professionally, on television, off television, behind the scenes, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Okay, Brett. He's done. Yeah. But he's never said no. He's never really, said no. Really, no. Before. He put over Diesel for yeah, fuck's sake. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. There Diesel was... can't carry Bret Hart's bags. No. In my opinion. Diesel can't carry anybody's fucking bags. Probably I'm not. Sorry. I mean, he can carry the wizard. The wizard of Ed. The, <laughs> <laughs> the grand wizard. <laughs> fucking idiot. But he was, he was known as three things. One was he never fucking... He never, he never missed an event. One time, he one did, time, and it was because of fucking travel, travel snowstorm, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Wrestled with a hundred and four fever uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. I was yeah. there and uh, wrestled with fucking uh, with the pens, dude. He was shitting his brains out. I heard Come that. On, I heard man. that story. It's in the book. What the fuck? <laughs> um, <clears throat> he was always one for the company. He never, never once did he not want to give up anything for the company. You know what I'm saying? He was all about the company. Yeah. And the and last and foremost was obviously you knew what he cared about, like the little people. He he cared enough about these. The the he was like I said when when he was leaving, he turned to the Undertaker and he said, "This is your house mm-hmm. now. Make sure these kids get taken care of." There's a, there needs really, to be a leader in the locker room, and he really exactly. was. He was. He, he was a general. Even in his book, he says, you know, there were guys that had years on him on a national stage. Where again, he came up through Calgary, wasn't widely known. And no. he comes to the big time in 84. So there's guys like Vader. There's guys like... Uh, Who loved him. Vader. Flair. Thought the world. Oh, yeah. So did The Undertaker. So uh, Flair. Flair says Undertaker great things about him in his books. You know, there has to be a leader in the locker room. And there were times where he'd say, you know, Earthquake, who had been in the business 20 years, would come to him for advice. And in this book, he's like, I don't understand why this guy with 20 years experience, who eclipses me by at least 10 years is coming to me because he was the leader in the locker room. He was the guy that everybody looked at as like, that's the guy. And there's one everywhere. Everywhere. What I what I have a problem with in this situation is, I, I again, I'm going to say, write it down, I'm going to say something nice about Red Hart again. He has that contract. It says, last 30 days, reasonable creative control. However, you are getting paid. Right. And you do have a boss, and at the end of the day, and as much as you don't like let me, it. Let me back up your statement and, and take the side of Sean for you. Mm-hmm. Vince does say, this really won't affect you. No. Going to WCW. He's like, the loss won't affect you. If like, you go back to... In the, a business standpoint, no. Vince is absolutely correct. He's the hottest free agent on the market as of October 30 when he faxes that contract back. Yeah, right. As of right now, you are the title holder. Mm-hmm. No matter what fucking happens from now until that fucking moment... We just got, got we just got the, the last reigning WWE champion. Exactly. Exactly. 
That's what they pulled with fucking um, Diesel. Wasn't Diesel or no, no Razor? It was Razor just got off that fucking having the having the belt? Yeah, he was uh, Intercontinental Champion until that February, and then he was gone in May. Exactly, and he was hot. He was hot as the face of the sun. Hot as shit. Diesel drops a match to the Undertaker at that WrestleMania, and he comes in four weeks later, and he's hotter than the face of the sun. At that time in WCW, Bischoff could do no wrong, and the writing team could do no wrong because you have these guys who have been hot on the number one show. Now you have these guys: Paul, Nash, Hogan, Savage, um, Brutus. Fucking the problem, and whatever I think, I think they had it, all the hottest guys. Forever on this, right? I think the problem that that happened with that was the uh, Hulk Hogan and the wrestlers just got way too control or something. They, oh, they were the ones they all had crazy call. contracts. All, yeah, oh yeah, we we uh, all heard the horror stories. I mean, hell, uh, thou who shall not be named, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, they all come over, Chris Jericho, and they just tell you that it was chaotic. Like you just. If you weren't on the NWO, dude, you weren't getting paid. Yeah, if you weren't, weren't in, if you weren't in, in Bischoff's uh, happy side, yeah, you were just another. Uh, I think Kevin Nash called those four guys: uh, Guerrero, Malenko, Mysterio, and he who shall not be named, Vanilla Midgets. Yes. <laughs> the problem is, Kevin, they can outwork you seven days a week, twice on Sunday. I will say the only thing good about Kevin Nash was when he human javelined. Ray, Ray Mysterio, Mysterio Jr. into the fucking side of a truck. <laughs> like, I have never seen somebody physically get thrown like a human javelin right. in my life. And to literally watch poor little Ray. And I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't, say wrestling fake. A seven foot drop is still a seven want. foot drop. Yeah. And getting thrown. What are you doing? You're going to stop it with your face and your hands and then slide down seven feet? Yeah, it's hurting, dude. I don't care who the fuck you are. We've gotten a little off off track here, but they offered Brett a lot of different scenarios. Um, and Bruce Pritchard, who was there, who they just did their Bret Hart show yeah. earlier in the week. Brett said, look, I'll do anything. I'll drop it to Austin Saturday night in Detroit before we get to Montreal. I'll drop it Monday night to anybody you choose. Hell, you're going to Madison Square Garden next week. I'll drop it to the Brooklyn Brawler. Live in Madison Square Garden, I just, I don't want this. I don't want to lose to Sean because of all this hubbub that has gone on in the past. I don't want to do it. And I have the right to expect that because in my contract it says reasonable creative control of my character and how it's used for the last 30 days. So I kind of agree with Bret Hart. But at the same time, we all have jobs. We all have bosses. And in the entertainment industry, do you think that Henry Cavill could go and go, you know what? No, Superman wins this fight because I have creative control and I want this. Whoever's writing the script or directing well, I mean, the film is going to go, I hey, Henry, that. we got a new actor. Bye-bye. I, I got what you're saying. But wrestling is a little different in the fact that that is your character. You know what I'm saying? Like, Henry can turn around and still be this dude from fucking Mission Impossible 7 or whatever right. the fuck he's going to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could turn around and be like, all right, fuck you. You're not Superman anymore. If you turn around and say, fuck you, you're not Bret Hart no more. I mean, he owned Bret Hart, let's be that's honest. That's his name. It was, was born, his given born name. Right, right. But, I, but I'm just saying, like, that's his image. That's his wrestling image, you know what I'm saying? And he really didn't want to have... He was one of the first guys that trademarked his name before the WWE did. Oh, yeah. And Honky Tonk Man was smart like that. Yep. And uh, Hogan was smart like that. And uh, Warrior was crazy enough 
to actually legally change his name to Warrior, so if he ever went elsewhere, he could still be the Warrior. The warrior. Just yeah. couldn't be the ultimate Warrior. Just the ultimate, right. Crazy. Just crazy. Um, first of all, I'm going to change my name tomorrow to Jabroni. Okay. And right. it'll be on my paycheck right. every single week. And, that'll, uh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> that'll be awesome. You know why I pulled you over, Mr. McLovin? No, Jabroni. Huh? Jabroni. Jabroni. There, there was just a lot of things going on in that week leading up to November 9, 1997 that if you don't know or if you haven't read into it, you would never believe in a million years. Uh, going back to the night before, which is where there was a – no, I'm sorry. It was a Friday night where there was a conference call between Vince McMahon, Jerry Briscoe, Hunter, Sean, and one other in person. The room. Yep, which was yet unidentified and to this day, 20 years later, unidentified. Um, Vince who, who is like – I think it was? If I had my guess, and I'll tell you in a minute why I think it, but Jim Ross. I think it's Jim Ross, too. I, I, I was going to the same thing because when he's asked, he says absolutely no way. And then two weeks later, he's asked the same question of where he was. And it was nowhere next to the same place I did not he know said that. I did not know of that. where he said absolutely no way. I, I was in this and this and place. We're getting but, we're getting messages that say Eddie is sleeping. He's in the box. He's just nodding off. He's here. Okay, he's here. He's, I'm only stepping in when you guys start screaming and yelling. We're not going to scream and yell. We're good. This is 20 years later. If this was a year later, we'd be pounding each other, I think, with beer bottles and chairs and barbed wire baseball bats and all that. The, the conference call happens. And Vince McMahon says, you know, we got to get this belt off Brett. We can't let him do like Medusa did, Alundra Blaze to you WWE fans. Right. Where she goes on WCW television with the and physical championship. Drops it into the trash can. Yep. And announces proudly, this is the WWF Women's Championship. Oh, got to go. This is what I think about it. We're not going to let him go like Jeff Jarrett, who left in the middle of the night and goes to WCW and shows up on Monday when he's booked with us somewhere, yada, yada. Yeah. We got to do something. And Sean said something like, I'll do whatever it takes. And the wheels start to turn. Well, what do you mean? I'll do whatever it takes. That was the only, if you believe his autobiography in the interviews, years, in the years, 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 even in the, uh, if you want a great deal. Brett, Brett says he's in the, in the corner sobbing. Yes. And we'll he get, says during that, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Sean that. Sean is too. because he, he kind of knows this is going to be a stain on me forever. Yeah. But um, in his book, he's like, uh, that's all I said was, I'll do whatever it takes. And Vince is like, what are we talking here, pal? I'm just going to, I'll do whatever it takes. In those two days, the plan is hatched. Okay, here we, we're going to screw Brett somehow, some way, whether it's a quick pin or whatever, yada, yada. Sean meets Brett to map out the match. And they have their final conversation for 12 years. Hey, look, sorry about this, sorry about this, guys. I just want to get through tonight, etc. What do you want to do? <laughs> and Brett says, okay, here's what I'm thinking. We do this kind of match, and we'll brawl outside the ring, we'll do all this, and when we get it back in the ring, we'll do about 15 minutes worth of stuff, and then you catch me in the sharpshooter, and I'll break free, and I'll reverse it, and this and that, and then all the guys come in because Brett had had a conversation saying, let's make it a big double DQ, we'll get out of it, we'll get to tomorrow, we'll figure it out. Sean, ding, bell goes off. He goes running to Shane McMahon and Hunter and says, I got it. I know the spot. This is where it's going to happen. Find Vince, make it happen, etc. Everything is in place that night. 
So it wasn't like this was planned weeks in advance. This happened literally right. hours before the show, and they don't catch Earl Hebner until he comes. Yeah, he said about an hour. Yeah, he said about an hour before the match. That's when he was informed that was going to happen. So I don't believe Earl Hebner screwed over Brett, and I and I honestly think Brett doesn't think Earl screwed over Brett. Brett. I think I think screwed over Brett. I still I, I oh <laughs> when we get to the end, I, I'll tell you who I think screwed over Brett. There's a three pronged uh, fucking attack here. <laughs> so we get to the match, and, and it's a good match. Oh, let's the, let's be honest. Well, the Both of these guys are self. They're 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 self. Sean plays Sean plays the anti Canada sentiment. He does the thing with the Canadian flag, wipes his nose yeah. with it, puts it down on the ground, and humps it. And, he just got those Montreal people fucking livid. Oh, yeah. And they that music hits, and in Canada, when you hear that guitar riff, for the Bret Hart music, people go apeshit. I still love that riff, man. Oh. When they added that squeal at the beginning, I thought, oh, this is good. But I used to sing along to it as a goof to my Bret Hart friends because they were all like, oh, Bret Hart's great. I was never a huge Hitman fan. So like dun 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 dun. I'm like, but the hitman hard, but the hitman hard. I'm like, they couldn't have come up with something better than that, huh? <laughs> really? What, like Jive Soul, bro? <laughs> I love Jive Soul. Somebody I knew you would. Mama. Somebody forgot to call Somebody call my mama. Brodus <laughs> <laughs> Clay. Didn't they just bring him back just to do that, and then that was it? Like, why he like walked around the ring and then he left? Possibly. It's like I don't know. I haven't seen anything in a couple weeks. Oh my god. Trish Stratus screwed over Brett. Will, I'd love to know why, but uh, I think I heard, I heard, heard Sonny screwed over Brett. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Brett, Never been corroborated, Brett though. screwed everything, all right? Mm. From what we were yeah, Brett got, has screwed everything. Read his book, man. We talked about it last week. Bret Hart was banging everything in sight yeah. back in the day. That's why he's married four times. And again, Ric Flair's been married four times, and he was banging everything in yeah, sight. He was, so. too. He was, too. So anyways, we're going through the match. Like I said, it was very... Kick-ass match. It was very... I mean, these two, like we said, you don't you don't put on a match like this without it happening. Um, Brett still honestly believes Earl Hefner is on his side and is not going to let him. As a matter of fact, um, Sean gets him in a couple... Uh, like, a, like a rear naked chokehold. I mean, he slips out of it. A little compromising position yeah. here. And he, he slips out of it. So he's, he kind of gets comfortable. He realizes that Earl's not going to fuck him over, or so he thinks. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know how the move happens. Mm-hmm. Ends up reversing it, gets into the sharpshooter, and he was supposed to put his leg back. Right, Sean was actually feeding his leg to make it look good. Right, exactly. According so, to Sean's biography. Right, he was said he was supposed to actually give him the leg, so that way he could grab onto it and reverse the hold. The only way he now, can here, actually break I'm gonna, out of it. I'm going to tell you a story when you're done with this, about this. Um, well, the, the story is pretty much the end. As soon as he slapped into it... That's when he says, ring the damn bell. Mm-hmm. And now, being a subscriber to Pro Wrestling Torch, Wade Keller's fantastic newsletter, which you can get online for a decent price uh, every day. He does great stuff. There was a moment when we got the Pro Wrestling, I got the Pro Wrestling Torch, and all my friends read it because, hell, why pay for it when Chris gets it? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're all reading this, and my friend Jason says to me, let's go back and rewatch the match. So, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll have, we have the torch like laid out on the coffee table in front of us. I think we were roommates at the time. And we're watching the match, and there's that moment when Sean 
does the sharpshooter, and you can actually see Brett fashioning the legs the way they're supposed to be. He's like, he's feeding, he, he's like putting the bullets in the gun yeah. that he's about to get shot with. Yeah. So Sean goes like to do it. He really believes that Earl is not mm-hmm. going to screw him. He really thinks he's going to reverse this, and he really thinks this double uh, countout is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This double, uh, the double whatever. Yeah, because all the guys were back at Gorilla yes. waiting to come out. So as he's doing this, he's feeding Sean, telling him, okay, you put this leg here, you put this leg here, and then wrap this one. And Sean turns it over, and he leans back. Oh, he's got him in the sharpshooter. This is where, and I'm going to get to the Jim Ross thing in a second. He leans back, and as he's leaning back, he looks over at Hebner. You see Shawn Michaels full-on look over at Hebner, turn back, look back at Hebner, and then wrench it back a little further. You see Hebner ring the bell, ding, 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 everybody, as he's feeding the leg. As he's feeding the leg, the bell rings, everybody falls flat, and it's over. Well, yeah, that's when Brett grabs it. Exactly. He was was feeding it, and in, in the midst of this reversal, Brett hears the bell. And here's the music. And everybody's yeah, on the ground. Well, how are they say it in French? Because it was French yeah. uh, ring announcers. Because they're in Montreal. Yeah. 90% of their population speaks French. I go by sounds like biggest championship loogie right at Mr. Vince here comes. You asked me who I thought the other guy on the phone call was. Is Jim Ross. Is that... Every time they mentioned the match in that pay-per-view, and I did watch it a few weeks, you know, a few days ago, in you know, when we knew we were going to do this, mm-hmm. you hear every time they mention the main event, and this could very well be the last time you see Bret Hart in a WWF ring. Well, he, he's got another month on his contract. Yeah, yeah. Why are you saying this? That's why I think, and, and his book just came out recently, uh, Jim Ross. Again, www.lokinjumarni.com. Go find Jim Ross's book. I'm looking to get it, and I want to hear what he has to say, if he says anything about if he knew, what he didn't know, yada, yada. He still he has to know. He, he has to, to know. He says no, but everything around it tells me yes. His everything comments says, that night. Yes. When you hear... When now the, that you say that, When yes. the bell rings, you hear Jerry Lawler, the color commentator, say, what the hell just happened? And you don't hear Jim Ross say another nope. word. Throughout the entire... And Jerry Lawler walks one. it out. He'll be the first one to go, He just got screwed! Right. My God, or he'd he say, I can't screwed. believe it! He would He would sell the product. And, and he, he was one of the ones that would actually say Shawn Michaels was a degenerate. Because mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels was out there humping cameras, and he's like, look at this degenerate. The crotch chop in JR's yeah. face. Uh, Christ. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, when the match is over... And what you don't see until years later when the footage is released on... Oh my God, the back... Room brawl. Not only the backroom brawl, which was brawl. All wrestling with shadows. It was an uppercut. <laughs> my, my issue is, you know, here's a here's a guy who is contracted to your company for the next month, and he is out there destroying television monitors and Klieg lights, and in the middle of your ring, WCW. I love you. Yeah, I quit. Fuck you. Yada yada yada. He really milked it, but if you're destroying my, if I'm the owner of a company and you're on your way out and you tell me, hey, I'm gone in 30 days. Okay, Mike, that's cool. You're gone in 30 days. Work your, work out your gimmick and we'll get through this. And, yeah. and you break a bunch of my shit. Guess what? You're sitting in a courtroom, my friend. But 
Here comes the conspiracy theory. A lot of people over the last 20 years have said that Bret Hart was in on this. A lot of people seem to think that Bret Hart was 100% in on the Montreal Screwjob. And he, to this day, even if you go back, there's a great DVD out there called Rivalries, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. You can get it at Amazon through www.localjabrana.com. I happen to own it. It's fantastic. So let watch, me, the, watch the DVD and then come back to me. Let me and say I still want to know, do you think Bret Hart was in on it? I will buy that for one specific reason. Mr. McMahon was created that day. Without question. Without a doubt in my mind, Mr. McMahon was created. Would you have let an employee in your company break a bunch of shit, put over the other company with doing that, even though the cameras were off, and it was only what they caught it. They, oh, those yeah. cameras don't oh, yeah. run until the lights go off. Yeah. They stop. They, they keep going. Um, He's putting over. You put the video up. You, you, all you gotta do is put Bret Hart signs WCW, and you'll find the fucking. Video it's out there. Didn't WWE eventually end up buying WCW? Yeah. Uh, yeah Four years everything. later, they own them. That you know that that could have been in process. They, like the, they say the, that about the sale might have been going through. The, no, no, they say that about Colin Nash and Vince Russo, who was one of the writers. That they all went down there to ruin WCW so Vince could buy the properties, get the videos, etc. and so forth. The birth of the network, yada yada. There's a lot of things that lend themselves to conspiracy theory. But I don't the think in 1997... Is, I, don't think Paul, I don't think Nash is that intelligent, dude. I think you're giving a Paul whole might, lot of credit. Paul might be at that time, but Nash, no. Nash, uh, uh, Nash yeah. Look at Hall now, though. Hogan, though. Hogan's that smart. Yeah. Hogan's, a, Hogan's, Hogan's a shrewd a business businessman. Man. He is. Yeah, he, learned he, he, would, he, learned he would legitimately piss towards the end of that company. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because like, he was. Uh, Bash at the Beach 99 or 2000, where um, he's supposed to fight Jeff Jarrett. And, Hogan, and Jeff Jarrett. Hogan has in his contract in WCW creative control. Not reasonable, he has creative control. He yes. can say, I- I'll lose to him, but I won't lose to him. He gets, he gets the word, you're losing to Jarrett tonight. Doesn't work for me, brother. Well, what do you want to, I don't, I don't care what we do. I'm not losing to Jeff Jarrett. So they get in the ring, the bell rings, ding, ding, Jarrett lays down in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I saw that. That's and he what takes I'm the microphone, about. he says, this is why the company's in the shape that it's in, because of bullshit like this. Yeah. And he steps on him, ding, ding, here's the belt, they go, and later on, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Booker T have a fantastic match in which Booker T wins and wins his first world title. Yeah. But when you have, you cannot, and, and if you're in any entertainment, I don't know what John Cena's contract is like, I don't know, Roman's contract, or, or Brock, or whoever. When you give a performer creative control, you're basically signing away your company. Because now you can't say, hey, any focus is the hottest heel in the business. I, Loki, I want you to uh, lay down for focus, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to let focus run with the title. For I can work with that. Doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. And you basically, they probably written four months of TV based around Eddie Focus. That, that one thing when he did flip off fucking Russo. When he didn't know, he was like, what's your what's your game, Russo? Remember yeah, uh, the, at the beginning of the promo. Yeah. What's is this game? your deal, Russo? This is what you're doing. And he, freaking, he literally had freaking Jeff Jarrett lay down right in front of him. Like, I think a lot of it was, as much as uh, it was like the beginning of the end for a lot of this shit, it was funny to watch all that infighting with these companies. It was something you never saw well, before. Because they didn't know what the hell was going on, man. Nine, yeah. nine, nine, times the re- nine times out of ten, the wrestlers didn't know. They what also didn't acknowledge each other for a long time. You never heard the, the initials WWF on a WCW show. 
nor did you hear the initials WCW on a WWF show until Eric Bischoff started saying, hey, Monday Night Show was live that first year. And if you're thinking about changing the channels, don't bother because this is the these are the results. They were taped a week ago. But let me correct you briefly. You you would hear it when a wrestler debuted. Sometimes. I mean, it'd be like coming from the WCW with Ric Flair. Right. You couldn't you could not get away from it. Right. But if because there was a couple there was a couple wrestlers that that switched over, and I would hear coming from the WWE. Yeah, and that was but that was in know. the middle of that war. Um, the only, you never heard in but the you never NBA. heard again after right. that it was like they were Terry they Taylor Terry Taylor was huge in the NWA back in the day but when he came to WWE and became the Red Rooster you never heard the initials NWA or WCW yeah. ever no. they that. never acknowledge each other because yeah. the minute you acknowledge your competition you're admitting that there's competition yes you want to be the biggest dog in the yard on a Red Sox broadcast you could you could go through the whole thing and unless there's running down the scores from the league. You don't hear the Red Sox mention the Yankees, nor do you hear the Yankees mention the Red Sox. You don't acknowledge your competition. Well, because the rivalry only exists with the fans. Let's keep it real. Mm, and the fan. I mean. But I'll buy it. The players play. They, they got their contracts. They're played to win. They play well, to we're going to get to your point in just a second because we're going to go into the uh, aftermath of the Montreal Screwjob. We, we've gone through all of this. Um, now, going forward in the life of Shawn Michaels, he goes to... Springfield, Massachusetts in December does a title defense against Ken Shamrock, who, by the way, in real life, Ken Shamrock would have beaten everybody. But he put on a fantastic show against Shawn Michaels. In that January at the Royal Rumble is where Shawn Michaels has that debilitating back injury. Backdrop over the ropes against The Undertaker. It's the small of his back on the casket. It was a casket match. That's when 10 guys came out and stuck The Undertaker into a casket. Yada, yada, says from the bottom. And in March of that year was the last time we'd see Shawn Michaels in a WWF slash WWE ring for four years, putting over Steve Austin for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then we go on. And uh, Will says, uh, I like when Tyson showed up and Austin got involved. And that was the whole Shawn Michaels thing right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Where does Brett go from here? Brett, Brett. Pretty much falls off the face of the earth. <laughs> kind of. Uh, he, I mean, he really does. They don't know what to do with him over in WCW, unfortunately. He goes over there for a whole lot of money. The first thing that they do is they have him interfere in Hogan's match, but then they don't do anything with it. Like, they could have made bang. He did three run-ins in that show. Yes. One was the uh, Hogan Sting match. Yep. One was, um, he was the referee for Bischoff versus Zabisco. Yeah, yeah. Larry fucking Zabisco. Yeah, he had to be the... the Hold on, let me, let me say that again. Larry fucking Zabisco. Yeah, yeah, this was like... His, ah! Yeah, whatever. But the Hogan, the Hogan Bret Hart could have made you guys bang. Hell he yeah. He probably still could have been living off the fucking world because of that fucking match. Amen. And I don't know why they decided not to go with it, but they didn't. Um... He obviously tag teamed over there because he won the tag team belts. Uh, I forget what they Couldn't tell you. Um, That's how much I didn't yeah. like WCW. No, it was just fucking, it was rancid back then. I, I loved WCW when Brett came in and he started to make noise. It was really good. And then WCW fell off, in my opinion, somewhere in late 98. I just couldn't watch. And for every good match, like, um, Diamond Dallas Page versus Goldberg was great at Halloween Havoc 98. However, everything else was garbage. 
because they're losing all their best guys to the WWF. Why? Because the Nashes, the Halls, the Hogans, and everybody else are taking up all this TV time. They're taking all the top spots. Great story in Chris Jericho's book. There's a two-pack of WCW action figures, Jericho and Malenko. His wife is out. Oh, I'm going to grab this. We'll put it in Chris's office. They ring it up at the register. Ding, it says Hogan Stang. So Chris doesn't get a cent <laughs> of the residuals. It goes to Hogan and Sting. Yeah. But the figures in the fucking blister pack are Jericho Malenko. So it tells you the shape of the company. Also, um, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, or Six, or whatever you want to fucking call him, yeah, one, two, three kids, six. once got a FedEx overnight, which costs easily about 13 bucks. that was empty. He gets his FedEx, he opens it up, there's not a goddamn thing in the uh, FedEx. That's WCW. WC, the same WCW that at the beginning of 1999 printed out their business cards. Their home base was Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. And the business cards read Altanta. Exactly. That's WCW, my friends, and that's why I fell off. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't even they watch said, the in-ring cards. It is. They said essentially WCW, after they started, once once they beat WWF for, for what was it, like? 86 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Once they beat them, it was like they, they, they were like. They thought they could do no wrong. Right. But the problem was it was like the animals started running the zoo. Oh yeah, and that 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 is never a good thing. That is never a good thing. So yeah, unfortunately, Brett Sergeant Hart pretty much died away <laughs> in WCW, becoming the fifth triple crown winner of WCW's glorious and illustrious. You know, I, I do have to say this about Bret Hart's run <laughs> WCW is when they had the uh, WCW title tournament. I want to say it was ninety nine ish, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's like the third mm-hmm. time he was at the World Series. No, pardon point. me, late 98. It was late 98, early 98. Somewhere before Goldberg kicked the snot out of him, he got the concussion. Yeah. Complete accident. Goldberg says it. Hitman says it. Complete accident. Didn't mean to happen. They had the WCW World Title Tournament, 64-person tournament, because Medusa somehow got into it. Yeah. And yeah. the finals was Bret Hart and Chris Benoit, and they put on... A hellacious match. Well, they're, they're fantastic, hellacious match. Excellence of execution. Move ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It was January of '99 because um, Owen dies in May of '99, and three months later, Bret and Chris Benoit do a fantastic tribute match yeah. to Owen Hart again, stealing the show. So I can't shit too much on Bret Hart's run in WCW, but again. WCW didn't know what to do with Bret Hart. No, they basically no. dropped the ball. He should have carried that company. They should have never went out of business. They, they should. There should have been a Hogan Hart match. There's no doubt in my mind. The one that they had was garbage no, because it was, it was like 900 factions yeah, of different no, NWOs and LWOs and OWNs and it was like and the, PETA, the Pink World Nation, the AAA, and oh my god, it was it was glad. And I think uh, the Nazis were in it, and everybody everybody got involved in this match. So, you you buy into this conspiracy? Because I'll tell you what, man. That I Brett saw, was in on it? I saw this uppercut. Mm. I, <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell mm. you what, man. I, I think I think he was a pissed off dude. If I think you, he was, and I think I think leaning back to what you're saying about him destroying shit. I think that passion. I think he's really pissed off at that point. 
Um, and if I you destroy Vince, shit on the way out of my company, I'm taking you to court. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But the problem is, I think he also realized how bad he screwed Brett. So he was going to be like, I'll buy it. I'm going to let him just fucking get away with whatever the fuck he wants right now. He he totally got screwed over. Now, granted, once again, let me take the side of Sean. Um, is Brett the one to bring in the Attitude Era? No. 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 No doubt in my mind, um, when he lost to fucking um, our our man, fucking Bob Backlund, that was uh, they they tried to make Backlund Survivor Series the fucking bad guy. Four, yeah, and they tried to make Backlund a bad guy, and and it just it wasn't working. It's just you know you just couldn't do it. I don't see the purple and black tights of Bret Hart continuing forward in the WWE leading into the Attitude Era with the, you know, with the Mr. McMahon machine. Let me, let me take the side of Bret. That whole Canada versus USA gimmick was sort of the birth, along with Austin, along with DX. Well, we've done that forever between Russia, but the, Russia the way they the did Saudi it, Iran, they did it with Bret, Andrew, Davey, Owen, Pillman, those five guys. Well, that was, that was amazing. That, that, was, was, that was chemistry. It was also right place, no, right time. You know, right place, right time. Incredible chemistry. They knew each other. I mean, half of them are fucking family members already. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the only one was Pillman, and he trained with them. Exactly. So he's, he's yeah, family. So he's like family. He's fucking by proxy. Family. Um, but this was also the first time that the fans were so loud and got involved as much as they did. You know, you go into places and you watch things and you have the Iron Sheet come out and they're like, yo, stupid American. And they're like, boo. And you only hear the front row. You know what I'm saying? You only hear a couple of people. Oh, and Harris, hey, he's such a nasty man. These people hate him on the front. They hate him. And they're like, boo, you suck. Right. And then you get like the live light of fucking raw. And that shit is just these guys come walking out. Fucking Once again, flags are flaring. Canadian fucking national anthem. But once again, that goes back to the genius of Vince McMahon saying, I can go live every other week and tape that same night for the next week, which I was at a couple of those tapings over the years, where I got to see matches be redone because they screwed something up and Vince wasn't happy and they send them back out, not during the live gimmick, but during the yeah. tape stuff. Right. So you see the same match twice. Uh, okay. But you only see one of them aired on well, television. Only one of them is canon. Right. It was actually uh, Billy Gunn versus Mark Merrow. So, Will, there's your Mark Merrow oh, reference. Oh, God. Mark the fucking... What a fucking... We'll, do a, we'll do a Mark Merrow gimmick later. No, anyway, we won't. Um, oh, trust me. <laughs> we have our Loki Jabroni Awards. Mark Merrow's on it. Anyway. You know, that's another... It's another step in the, in the forward momentum of the WWF. The genius of Vince McMahon to say... We can go live, which we've never done with the exception of pay-per-views and the odd, uh, what was the NBC special? Right, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday event? event. Yeah. We can do this every other week, but people don't need to know it because every week that you watch Raw, it said live from, and you thought they were in the same town twice in two weeks. No, they were in, they were in Hartford on, or New Haven, say yeah, on September I 23rd. I, I was there. September, Hartford. Yeah, like, for the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, but they always said lie. No, no, you weren't. 
But you they lied. were live at the time. They were live when they recorded. They would. They would. <laughs> but go they were live from there. It was taped live taped. So the first hour you saw a bunch of matches being taped. The second hour was live. You got all the whistles and woo 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 and all that. And then the third hour was taped. So you got taped live taped. But when you watched it on TV, it was you saw that night what you saw if you taped it. Yeah. And then the next two weeks you're like, well, wait a minute, I saw that two weeks ago when I was there. I saw that two weeks ago when I was there. Then how did we get here? Yeah, right. <laughs> are we still in New Haven, Connecticut? I was there for I, all of this. I always wondered, like, uh, they, they'd hype up this, uh, uh, it's the Hogan and Orndorff scores settled match. Mm-hmm. And it would, you, it happened like five times in like five different cities. Yeah. Right. And it's like, when are these, but that was the when, loop. When is Orndorff going to get sick of getting his ass kicked? They call that the loop. Yeah. <laughs> They would do this at the at the uh, live events or house shows, however you want to call it, all around the country. And then when they get to say SummerSlam or whatever the big event was, that's when you saw it on TV. Oh, and to you sitting in Norwich, Connecticut, that was the first time you're like, "Oh shit, Hogan Orndorff!" But 24 different cities saw that before you. Why? Because right. they're perfecting the match. Yeah. And when they when they complete that loop at Madison Square Garden or the Meadowlands or Baltimore or Chicago or wherever. Now they have it like that. They can do it in their state. Because I remember, I remember my cousin. He used to go to the matches all the time. And I remember one time on TV, they were like, "Oh, it's Hulk Hogan, Orndorff, and this city." I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was just like, "I was there. I saw the match. I saw the match." And he's sitting there, and this whole time he's watching the match. He's like, "This, this wasn't what I saw." Like he literally, like, mm-hmm. what do you say? He's like, "This wasn't isn't what I saw." No, no, Hogan's supposed to do this right now, and right, you know, so. You know, I started to clue in, and then not to cut you off. Sure. Then uh, the USA primetime was it primetime wrestling? They used to show these obscure matches. Yes, yes. they used to throw them in there, and I'm just like, oh, oh, Hogan versus Orndorff. I I saw this on the weekend, but I'll watch it again. Wait a minute, I didn't watch this. Yeah, a a buddy of mine in I want to say '86 got tickets for his birthday to go to Hartford for a wrestling match, and it was Hogan Orndorff in a cage. Most people would just say, oh. Saturday Night Main Event. Exactly. They were taping Saturday Night's Main Event. He came back and told me everything. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's the coolest shit ever. And you got to see it. And then So Saturday they did the night, double, the double the count out thing again. Where they both <laughs> land out of the cage at the same time. And I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, fuck. Andy's the man. He he saw this. And he everything he said, like, he would describe the match in grand detail. Can, can you imagine in today's internet era, you couldn't get away with that now. No. Yeah, as like, we learned like last the, week. The pressure, the pressure on these guys must be harder now to get it right the first time. So it's like, because somebody would just put up on YouTube, this is bullshit. But I, think, the I think these in guys. In my defense, AJ tweeted. Yeah, he did. I found that out later. I'm a follower of AJ Styles. <laughs> so. So it's not like he was hiding it either, you know what I'm saying? On the, on the back end of this, you know, I, I think today's generation of professional wrestlers are a little more schooled in the art of doing it right the first time because they have to be. they're live X amount of times a week. It's not like the old days where... Because everybody has this. Not only and they that, can live stream it. But there's... If you take pay-per-views out of the mix, there's three hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Wednesday... So that's seven hours of live television every single week that you have to get it right the first time. Yeah. They're conditioned to go out there and do it right the first time. Um, going back to the old ECW, the only time they were live was pay-per-view. So the Pitbulls, the Tazes, the Ravens, um, 
the Chris Benoit's, the Shane Douglas's, all these guys had all these opportunities to fix these matches as they go along, knowing that this Sunday night in Dayton, Ohio, we're going hot on pay-per-view. we got to get it right on Sunday night. Well, that's the reason why WCW was able to, you know, put their stuff forward and, and say all this bullshit mm-hmm. that was going on because they were watching these matches, and then they go on to that, which I still, to this day, think is complete and utter bullshit, WCW. And just listening to fucking, what's his name, um, uh, Tony Schiavone oh, being nice. like, and just so you guys know, Mankind is going to be the world champion. On, and it's just like... The day that killed WCW, December 7, 1999. Mark it down, I said it yeah, here. You piece of shit. Like, a year and a half later, the company's gone. Yeah, it is. Like, look at these guys just all... Oh That'll put some butts in the seats, wasn't yeah. that the quote? Yeah. That'll put some butts in the seats for you. Yeah, yeah and you know what happened? Six million people turned off of your program, turned on to their program, watch it happen because Mick Foley is a fucking icon and people love him because he goes out there and gives the best every single freaking match and you lost all your viewers. Yep. Just That's like that. Hysterical. And when they saw what they were given over there, when they turned away as soon as you said that and they had an hour and a half left of that show, they saw what the WWE was putting out there. Done. So the aftermath. So the aftermath... I'm going to say, as much as I hated it, it was the right decision. Al Snow, it's funny, they interviewed him. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually watched the interview. And it's funny him breaking this down, and I can see myself agreeing with him 110%. You know what? From From a fan and from a wrestler's point of view, what a piece of shit move. From a shrewd businessman and looking to the future and not just looking out for one. You gotta, you gotta keep in mind. Just like partner, you brought up, he he had in his claws a ridiculous thing for his character to have control of. He really did. Whoever fucking let him get away with that, number one, was an idiot. Number two, the guy who signed the contract, Vince right, McMahon. Exactly. Well, he obviously wasn't reading the whole fucking thing. Clearly not. You didn't think about that towards the end there. Number two, he's got to look towards every wrestler. Not just one. He's got to look towards the future. He's got to see where this company is going. He's got to take care of every person in there. It's not just one. So does he screw over Bret Hart and does he do it in the end? Absolutely. Is it the right fucking move? 20 years later? Yes, it is. The Montreal screw job had to happen. As much as it pains me to say this, it had to happen. I'm going to agree 50%. I think they could have worked something out to get the desired result of Shawn Michaels being the no. champion. Wait. Not not with this Brett. Maybe maybe a Brett five years prior to this. Okay, Brett doesn't want to drop the title to Shawn. Not at all. Okay. So you have these two weeks where Brett is saying, I'm not going to drop it to Shawn. I'm not going to drop it to Shawn. So you have the hottest heel coming up in the business in Stone Cold Steve Austin who, if I remember correctly, does not have a match at Survivor Series 97. Wow. Why not insert him in a three-way, get some schnabits going on where, you know, Austin inserts himself into the mix, have a three-way, Sean pins Austin to win the title. Brett saves face because he didn't lose. Sean walks away with the championship. Vince gets the re- desired result. Again, we, we've been playing devil's advocate with each other all, this whole time, but we have 20 years to think about it. 
again, if we'd have done this a year after, we're beating each other with fucking baseball bats sure, and whatnot. No, no, it's not. It's just they could have done something. I don't massage bread. I don't think either. And let me say, when I say either side, it's not Sean and it's not Brett. Know this. It's Vince and it's Brett. You know what I'm saying? It's literally Vince McMahon versus Brett Hart. And neither one of these two stubborn men were willing to let this go. Okay. I'm going to tell you that right now. Neither one of them wanted to let it go one way or another. Brett wanted to have it his way. Mm -hmm. And Vince is like... It's not Burger King, motherfucker. He's like, it's my company, motherfucker. Vince said that, yes. If you I'll don't buy, fucking I'll buy like it. this, then get the fuck out. I well, said he was it already earlier. Leaving. I said it earlier. He was already leaving. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. What do I got to lose? Give the belt to who I think is going to fucking take the belt and go to the future with it. And that's what they did. I agree. And that's, that's what we're standing on. Now... Looking back, like I said, 20 years from later, 20 years from now, or 20 years later, is it the right decision? Uh, gun to my head, yes. Gun to my head, yes. You're the owner of the company. You decide the direction. You and your team, you write the shows. You want what you want. Ultimately, you write the paychecks. Yes, right decision. I agree. All right. I kind of, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I kind of agree, too. It's, it's his company. And it's kind of like, at the end I, of the day, I made you, I made you, I can yeah. break you. But there's a whole know? country north of Michigan, which, by the way, on November 25th, we will be together live streaming at certain points for the big game. Fuck Michigan. And there's a country north of Michigan <laughs> where Bret Hart is a hero, and to this day, even uh, what was the last time Shawn Michaels appeared in the ring? Like uh, two years ago, and for WWE in Canada and everywhere in the world, he's a hero except one country. Every time Shawn Michaels steps into a ring in Canada, you hear the same chant, loud and proud: "You screwed Brett." Yeah, you screwed Brett. And at one point, he ran with it. Even when he's the biggest baby face in the company, even when he is trying to, you know, knock down all these these warriors and be the champion and whatnot, and he, they go to Canada on an off week. Hey, we're in Nova Scotia. Yada yada. You screwed Brett. He's like, yep, proud of it too. Thank you, drive through. Yeah. Gotta go. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Why are they blaming him though? Because he's the easy scapegoat, which is why he was crying in the corner because he mm -hmm. knew. I'm never going to be able to step foot in fucking Canada again. If you have ever seen, and if you have a fire stick, you can I find it. glasses before my top. Do what you got to do, because we had a special thing in the uh, gimmick fridge, Thank courtesy of Billy Fuller. Um, Thank you, Billy. If you've ever seen the old show WWE Confidential, which was hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund, eventually, Sean said, I'll do the, there was like a where you are now piece while he's still retired. From his back injury, he says, I'll do this piece, but I have to come clean on Montreal. I have to tell that I knew. And he did this half-hour piece, and he basically poured his heart out, and tears were pouring down his face. And he's saying, yeah, I knew, and I felt, I felt like, you know, I felt like Kennedy. You know, I felt like this guy, or, you know, it, it's tough being the guy who everybody's going to hate. And Vince told him, no, 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 sir. You'll, I'll take all the heat. You just go out there and do your business. Sean's is like, bullshit. 
I'm going to catch all the heat. I'm the guy that has to go out there every single night. I'm the guy that people are going to hate. I'm the guy well, they're going to point fingers at. You can tell Vince tried because he set himself up, like Mike said, set himself up as the bad guy mm-hmm. later on. So he, did the interview, he tried. He did the interview two weeks later, still with the black eye, saying, I didn't screw Brett. Sean didn't screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett. And it was over. But in his mind, it was over. Shawn Michaels still took that, that heat. He can be the best, again, 12 match of the years. He's consistently the top performer, even when he retired at 45. He did things at 45 that guys, with the exception of, say, Ric Flair, could not do at 25. Still universally hated in Canada. It didn't matter if he was just there to send flowers to your mom. Get to the door, hey, thanks for the flowers. You screwed Brett. You screwed Brett. It was over. It was fucking over. Shawn Michaels from November 9, 1997 till today is still probably one of the most hated people in Canada. It's funny. It's funny when you see wrestlers like uh, like Randy Savage crush Steamboat's larynx and everybody forgives them next season. Allegedly. Allegedly. Aha. This wasn't a screw job, though. <laughs> and everybody forgives him next season. Like, something like, like this, that, though, and they, they hold on to it. In the corner, dude. Exactly. <laughs> he knew. But if you watch that documentary, here's the twist. Brett looks over at Sean in Wrestling with Shadow and says, Sean, do you know about this? No, Brett, I swear to God. I hadn't, I, I don't know anything. Da, 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 da. He, was, he was doing his job that his boss told him to do. Mm-hmm. But then... Fast forward three years on that WWE Confidential, and he's like, I'm telling my story. You cannot stop me. I can't live with this guilt anymore. Yeah. Done. You can't do it. Shawn Michaels went on and came back in 2002 with a fantastic match against Triple H at SummerSlam and did some great, great things going forward. First ever Elimination Chamber, won the championship. Um. Great matches at WrestleMania, twice with Undertaker, once with Ric Flair, once with one, Kurt one Angle. With oh, my God, the Kurt Angle match. Hell, I was going to say, there's, there's, say if I had, like, if I had to pick ten greatest matches of all times, I will say this. Shawn Michaels is involved in at least four of them. I would say six, but. That's just me. I'm just saying, you know. But I got no, you. Ab- absolutely. He's, oh he is. He's the showstopper for a reason. And, like I said, leading into the end of the discussion, um. As much as I hated it at the time, and as much as I do want to say it is a screw job, it, he did, he gets screwed over. At the end of the day, when you see both sides and you, and you, and you see how it infected to today, mm-hmm. it was something that needed to be happening. It was the right it was, move. It was, it was. We didn't know it at the time. And if you're Bret Hart or you're Shawn Michaels or Earl Hebner, even Vince McMahon, you didn't know. Or you didn't know what the repercussions of this. Right, this, but this when we look cause. back at it 20 years later, it was the right move at the right time with the right people, especially with those that were coming up behind, like we mentioned, Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. who that next March wins the just championship from Sean. Him and The Rock just grabbed. Right. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Let's go back in that timeline, that uh, November 96, where Sean loses to Sid. Who made his debut that night in the Garden? The Rock. Yeah. It all, every piece fell into place. There has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And the WWF 
slash WWE became the winners because they had the right pieces. bases were what was going to bring the new Attitude Era. Had Pillman Pillman lived, he's a big part of it, too. Oh, huge. If Owen lived after 99, he's a big part of it, too. Fucking, he's the only heart member that's pretty much left at that fucking point, pretty much. Well, Anvil came back at one point, and, you know, Davey comes back, but it was after the fact, and it was all garbage. I don't... And maybe... Maybe you don't even see Brett leave if Owen doesn't die. Brett had already left, oh, that's, but I'm, I think I'm Brett sorry, comes yeah. back. I'm say Brett comes back. I think yeah. Brett comes back earlier if Owen well, he's, stays alive. Owen's going to keep. Owen is keeping that fucking that place alive as it is. He also kept the line of communication because he, you know, Brett talks to Owen. Owen yeah. talks to Vince. Oh, yeah. They don't talk directly. There's but, a lot but of the words uh, go back and forth. Right. 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 All right. Another thing about that that whole thing, it's kind of sad when you when you think of like Shawn Michaels, who whether he's a winning or unwinning participant, in the whole thing. Like one thing you want is to win something straight up against like the best wrestler, and he got robbed of that if you think about it. No, absolutely. with the way they end it. So Shawn Michaels, even oh, if even if they played it straight up, and Shawn Michaels wins, he doesn't get he doesn't get it straight up, and he probably would have been Tana wouldn't be be as pissed, you know, and it. Makes for a better storyline. Well, opinion. it was supposed to be a double disqualification. He right. walks out. Uh, that that was the original plan. Yeah. But the night before, or that Friday, they turn around and they they make this discussion on you know pretty much on hotel fucking hotel <laughs> hotel phones for crying out loud. Uh, I think Brett should have just gone out gracefully, in my opinion. I well, it's just like you know, just like you said, sometimes having control of your character isn't exactly the greatest decision you can possibly and, make. I mean, and think of it this way too: if if Vince had relented, now you have a mutiny, right? Where every wrestler right. is like, well, fuck w- one little peon right. who might be making money for the company right now said, I ain't gonna let Hogan do a leg drop on me, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, uh, you know, you're gonna let Hulk Hogan do whatever he wants to do, yeah, you know, but, he's gonna smack your face around. Yeah. It's the same thing, like, imagine how fun D&D would be, or any other role-playing game is if you told the fucking, the DM what was going on. Well, I'm getting that sword, dude. And I, and I ain't losing no fucking hit points either, okay? The sword is mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's already mine. It's it. What? You get him? I already killed him. Yeah. I just rolled. You weren't watching, but I rolled. No, you don't even have to say it. It just already happened, okay? I have complete control of my character and the future goings of my character. Fuck dice. Play play D&D with pure intimidation. That that one that I just rolled where I die, that doesn't happen because I have complete control of my character. My character. Actually, you know what? Let's rewind oh, a little bit. Here we go. Let's rewind a little bit. I was that, just dropping, but now Ed's going to make a point. All right. That that the, that, that last Dungeons Dragons game. game that Thunder was in, where he got his head cut off by Tarsha. Yeah, I'm calling that the Ravenloft screw job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> from here on in. You got the one from Billy there. Yeah, I got the. You, got, you need one from Billy? No, don't. I thought you said the other one. What other one? Oh no, no. Yeah, the the bridge was from Billy. Uh, this one's from me. Oh, Hold on. Time out. Oh, Offside. I thought you said the beer was... No, from... hell no. This is from me. Well, here, you, you can Talk play. amongst yourselves. One day I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to wake you up at 3 in the morning tell you to grab your dice, get your sheets. We're doing this fight again. <laughs> sheets is a racist thing, and you're not going to do it? As I'm doing this... Smith, get the sheets. 
Get the sheets. Let me get my uh, gimmick opener. Oh, you got the Enterprise. Never mind. I do. Brought this. I uh, This is a Stone Ruin 10 Triple IPA. It's an Indian Pale Ale with orange peel and vanilla bean. There's a story on the back that says this version of Stone Ruin 10 Triple IPA. Imagines orange peel. Stone is orange bad. peel. Stone is good stuff. Orange peel and vanilla beans yeah, being caught. No, no glass for me. You get the bottle. Are you going to shut up over there? No. Okay. This version of Stone Ruin Ten Triple IPA imagines orange peel and vanilla bean being caught moshing with this hardcore hop legend. Its original inspiration starts back with our decision to take the 2002 release of Stone Ruination IPA and make it into a much bigger and even hoppier monstrosity in 2012 for its 10th anniversary. With this change, our Mega Hops double went triple. Soon after its release, the nickname Ruin 10 began to circulate, and it stuck. No sooner did we sell all out of our special release that you guys began to loudly clamor for more of this veritable hop bohemoth. And from that noise... The annual Ruin 10 release was born. Totally being ones to mess with a good thing, we decided to introduce two new ingredients to produce this modern-day frenzied mosh pit of hops, orange peel and vanilla bean. The result is a melee of flavor. Dive in or watch from the seats. Your call. You'll find us in the pit. If you don't think I bought this based on the description, mosh pits and... and all this gimmickry and schnibbits and all that. I'm going to say, with that long description, that better be good or else... It's going to be good. It's stone. Stone makes everything good, even their coffee style. Oh, it's an IPA, though. Um, oh, Christ, here we go. See, this is why we can't have nice things. No. You're right really? Did you want to try this, Ed? Yeah, In yeah. a shot glass variety? He's getting the bottle. I'm getting the bottle. You're getting the bottle. Apparently. Yeah. You've been told you're on the payroll. We're the Vince McMahons. You're the Bret Hart's. It's that simple. <laughs> it has been decided... I can't hit the table. I've been told I can't. No, please don't hit the table, Teddy. That looks good. Look at that. You oh can pro- you'll probably be able to finish this bottle. That's all right. We'll take care of it. You guys see this with the official Woodstock Woodstock Inn Brewery glasses we got? Courtesy. I'm going to try that. I'll, wait. I want to hear what you think. What do you think? It's big, isn't it? I can see your eyes. That's a whole lot of flavor. Is it? A melange? There's, there's like honey up in there. There's like... Vanilla up in there. There's like orange up in there. I'm looking forward to this. There's a lot of hops. I'll tell you what. This one. 10.8% alcohol per Nice! Dude, it's... Yeah, you can taste it too. That's what I was going to say. I I was going to say, this is bordering on liqueur here. You can smell the honey. The nose has honey in it. Oh, absolutely. All right, here I go. I took a couple hearty sips. You guys can finish that. Oh, my God. You got... Yeah, obviously. Put some head up on that. Sorry. Just... Wow. That is a lot. You know what? It's it's not horrible, but it's not horrible, but I would never drink it myself. That's fine. As long as you said it wasn't horrible, we're good. Actually, you know what it is? The vanilla bean actually helps to kill some of that IPA hoppiness. Yeah, I think I think the the IPA hoppiness is what I don't like. The orange peel brightens it. The vanilla bean kills the hoppiness. But at the end of it, like you said, there is a very honey finish. Honey, yeah. Mm, Fantastic. So that's that's Stone Ruin 10, triple IPA, only available certain times of the year, and we got it. That was my gift to you. That's tasty. All right. Before I go into my last ad read, do you have anything else? You know what? I'll save the ad read for after the fantastic list. Yeah. So, Ed, roll that beautiful bean finish. 
Was I hot for that? Yes. Okay, good. Fuck the Redskins. And fuck, fuck the Packers. Fuck the Cowboys. And yeah, fuck them Cowboys. And while we're at it, fuck the Bills. And fuck them Bills. Even though they played the Saints, fuck the Saints. Fuck them both. Fuck them both. Actually, actually, before I start this list, that oh, was pretty funny. <laughs> what was it, like 47 to 7 or some shit like that? What, in, in what the, the uh, Saints? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, oh it was my huge. god. I was like, dude, are you going to stop this game and put another game on? What the fuck? This is ins- this is just terrible. Anyway, so in case y'all didn't know, Star Wars Battlefront Two is out on Xbox, PlayStation. I've seen it, and um, I'm not PC. sure it is on our PC yet. You're absolutely right. On Origin, yep. Mm. Um, if you re- if you got the pre order, you got it three days early, which means I'm playing today. I watched him when I hello. I was playing. Ed, Ed did you just burp live? I did. I'm sorry. My God. Yep. <laughs> yeah. People are going to think you're drinking beer or something. So, with that being said, my gaming experience is going to increase from zero a week to probably about 55 minutes a week. That's better than Watch I get. Watch out. That's Watch out. better than I get. You know, I'm, I'm putting the time in. I'm better putting the time in. And I'm getting ready to get WWE 2K18, so... And uh, with... Why? I heard great things about it. I've also heard glitches, but let's not step on his... And with that comes my colorful language. <laughs> so I why have... I, why am I afraid? Top 10 everyday insults that I like to use personally on Xbox Live, and you too can take them if you want. If your kids are watching this, I want you to shuttle them in the other room right now. We're going to give you about 20 seconds. Get your kids out of the room... Don't let them watch this. If you're listening on audio only, get the headphones out of their ear. This is not the time or the place for children under the age of, say, 12 to listen to this. And having said that, here's Loki. Yeah, you don't want them. I got the trigger warning ready. All right. Any of these. I'm ready. Now, my honorable mention is very simple. So in case the kids are are slow, uh, this is is the the, (laughs) – Not that way, but no, I guess, okay. it could, I guess it could go that way. I'm just saying they're slow to leave the room. I got you. Um, I usually like to break this open if I'm not as pissed off. So, tarred. Sometimes mm. pudding. I'll call him pudding. It's okay, right. pudding. It's okay. You know, that that's my that's why I'm not pissed off yet. <clears throat> Number 10, twat waffle. Okay. All right. Classic. Classic. It is. Very good. It's a old school flavor. New school, you know, new school spin. It, I don't care who you are. If you get called a twat waffle, it, it sinks in. It sinks in. Number nine, one of my personal favorites, and I know you've used it on occasion, ass hat. Yes. You got it. Ass hat's just fucking, it's, that's like borderline, like right, right, right when I'm about, I, I just got past tarred, and I'm just getting to the twat waffle, but it just pissed me off past twat waffle on my ass hat. Number eight, come dumpster. <laughs> those are those are reserved for people that kill me twice in a row, like they really came out looking for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Number seven, vaginal leakage. Ooh. If I call you vaginal leakage, you have done something particularly special. I've used that, but I've always said vaginal discharge. Discharge works too. Okay. I like leakage just because it's a regional thing. To right. where it's from. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, leakage. It's kind of like they tried to 
trying to squeeze it as best they can, but it still managed to get by. That's how loose <laughs> they are. Nobody got that region. <laughs> region. I got it. Number six, Shit Shaker. Wow. That's a new one. I like Shit Shaker. <laughs> Number five, an old classic, Rump Ranger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Read that again. An old classic, Rump Ranger. Nice. You remember that? My, my, my grandfather used to call people Rump yes, Rangers. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard that. So before. that's why that's why it still kind of stayed in there. Plus, plus, when I turn around and I call somebody a Rump Ranger and they, what? What did you just say? Rump. Rump, Rump Ranger. Ranger? I got it. They don't get it. They don't get it at first. And then they put two and two together, and then mm-hmm. they don't get it. No, but it's old school. Okay. Plus my grandpa. Is I got so you. That's Number four. Butt Knuckler. Butt? Knuckler. Knuckler. That's something you must have shouted yeah, in, a, in, a, that's in, in a moment of passion. Yes. Right? You fucking Butt Knuckler! <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Number three, always a classic, <laughs> cock juggling thunder cunt. I mean, come on, if I call you a cock juggling thunder cunt, then that means you have taken the cake for this game, people. I, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. No, you're not. No, no you're not. Number two. I thought I'd make it sound good. Matter of fact, I think I used this earlier. Jizz tissue. <clears throat> Sometimes okay. also known as a sock. But just <laughs> tissue is what you want to call somebody. What? Well, how many times in 130 some weeks do I have to tell you don't say shit like that when I got a beer at my lips? What is wrong with you? Do it during my top. Do you take the short bus to work every day? Spanker chip is a good ah, one. Spanker, spanker chip, yes. bunk sock, just tissue. Same idea. Yeah. All right. Amy's dress. I... Regardless, regardless, hair. you don't want to be called it. It's, a, it's an everyday insult, and especially particular, on, and you'll find it on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, wow. And last but not least, my number one insult that I like to use, and if you are particularly nasty and you really piss me off, you deserve it, Cock Muppet. That's cock right, buddy. Muppet. You wow. are a Cock Muppet. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I'm a little sickened by... No, I'm not. I'm actually liking that. I might write that I'm down. never, ever going to be able to look at Sesame Street the same again. <laughs> which one of these motherfuckers is a cock muppet? Right? <laughs> I'll tell you which one's a cock muppet. Ed's just, Ed just been handed a bullet. Elmo is a cock muppet. Right? You are absolutely right. Before we do our ad read, Ed has been handed a, a very a, oh, yes. thing. A, a company memo. Yes, and he was he was a very big part of this Wednesday night. So I want to announce something. We, we do something to help everybody's show. We mention the Loken Jabroni Show every single week, twice, twice, once at the top, once at the bottom of the CNJ Speed Review. It's the same Patreon. Right, Patreon. I do all that gimmick, Fandango. I want to get everything um, I can out of it. Anyway, so in an effort to get up to 100 subscribers on the YouTube channel, uh, the Jabroni has, has agreed to my challenge we get to 100 subscribers, the Jabroni will listen to nothing but Nickelback. We'll sing nothing but Nickelback. We'll Remember. sleep with only Avril Lavigne. Oh, God, thank you. Everything. <laughs> I don't want to be told. Oh! I don't want to be told, told. Oh! Basically, everything will be Nickelback. He'll be the biggest Nickelback fan and when is this? for a month. November, November 2018. So 100 subscribers by 100 next year. subscribers by Daytona 500 2018, February. Get out there. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends to subscribe to the show. I will dedicate next November to nothing but Nickelback. And I will 
maybe right, right that, now. Right now, Loki's Loki's deleting uh, deleting Nickelback Simon off his Bullock. computer. That's the best song ever. You can't sing that. Why not? Because it's Nickelback. I don't know. That's the only. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Here it comes. First time. Horse. Fuck it. No, I'm with it. I'm with him. Shit! It's a Nickelback song. I can. I can do it. It's the only cool thing Nickelback has. You can't use it. No, there's nothing cool Nickelback has. Exactly. The only cool thing about that song is the Dimebag Daryl riff behind it. It Sounds like another debate's happening. Jabroni, your mother. That's 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 who that bullet is for. Is that some bitch who killed Dimebag? I know, I know, I get it, I understand. That's why it's cool. It's it's still Nickelback, but it's cool for what it references, and they knew that's the reason why they did it. If you guys want to hear, it's just like it's just like if I don't like sour cream and onion potato chips, but around you, they're cool. So I eat sour cream and onion potato chips around you. So I look already. cool. You've lost me already. That's no. That's what. That's what they're doing. They're singing a song about shooting the killer of Dimebag Daryl to give you the representation that they're actually cool when they're not. They've never been cool. I'll buy it. I'll buy it halfway. I will buy it halfway. But I still, I still put it on the table. And if we'll you're have- gonna buy it, go to our, go at least to our affiliate link. Exactly. Refer to, refer to my comments last week. Refer to my comments last week about P. Diddy's Biggie Blood Money. It's the same shit. All I'm saying is, (laughs) if it's nothing but Nickelback November, I'm still gonna have access to Side of a Bullet at karaoke. Thank you very much. Do you think, do you think Nickelback got that Scott Stasiak or Scott what was Scott Stapp? Yeah, Scott Stapp drunk and hooked on dick on purpose just so that way. No, I think he did that on no, his own. Creed they would have no competition. No, at all. I think Creed screwed themselves. I think Scott Stapp. Well, that was the only himself. that was the only competition they had at the time. If you really think about it. Ah, so here you go. You got Chad fucking coming over there and slapping his little thirty-inch fucking. Whoa! Thirty-inch. Thirty-inch what? His pool noodle. Oh, okay. Come on, man. He's a water weenie. <laughs> I, I have a prediction. Go ahead. I have a prediction. Halfway, halfway into that month of November, we're gonna catch poor Jabroni in a public restroom with his old Sony Walkman from high school and a kiss tape, trying to get it in. And we're gonna catch him, and he's gonna be like, "Come on, come on!" No, sir. <laughs> One hundred subscribers to CNJ Speedway Review. Where are you at right now? I don't know. I have to look. Um, it's in the... You better hope you're not like 89. No. No, right. no, 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 no. We have views, but we don't have subscribers, and that's what I'm looking for is people that every week will get that little thing. Hey, CNJ is live. Whatever. Want to get Much like we did here. We pushed and we pimped, and I did stupid shit to try to get this, and you did stupid shit to try to get this, and now we're here. That's what I'm trying to do for the other show. More on that show and more on this show is more for the other show and yada yada sis boom ba. This one is always going to be the flagship. This is what I live for. This is what I die for. CNJ is fun. I love it. It's great. It is growing every single week, but we need. And it's family friendly. It is. I don't cuss. I've cussed once in 11 weeks. I know. I caught you. I was like, you did. And I called myself out and I was like, hey, sorry for saying ass. I think I said shit. I should. I was gonna go back. I was gonna go back to that point, and I was gonna slap a Harambe on your mouth and a beep. But wow, Harambe! We haven't. I wasn't feeling something up to Harambe. I wasn't feeling. uh, We haven't talked about the official sponsor of the the official mascot of Loki's Run Show. 
Um, I hate NASCAR, but I will gladly be number 100 for you to suffer with Chad Kroger. Um, that's my cousin Lee saying that. Come on, um, jump in. Corey's dude, great. Stop, He's a great stop, addition. Stop, and- stop. Offside's clipping. Lee, I taught you about Kiss. I taught you about wrestling. I taught you about a lot of things. And for you to want me to suffer horrendously, I'm kind of digging it. Thank you. Bring it on. Just subscribe, bro. Tell your friends. <laughs> if you got friends that like NASCAR, CJ Speeder review on YouTube. And, and go to Bulky oh. and Jabroni as well. We need subscribers. You know what else well. helps too? And, and, and I got to emphasize this with uh, thumb, thumb, thumb up on the YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Every time you watch a video, give it a thumb up. That will put it up in YouTube's algorithm. And then YouTube will start sharing it itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get right. to the and top. Now, Will's I mean, we're not, we're not going to beat Pootie Pie. But <laughs> all right, Will's coming in, and Will, you made a grand donation to our autism challenge, which had me wearing Red Sox gear for an entire month on the show. And you never look better dressed. I beg to differ, but hey, that's that's different. Will, this spring we're going to have another challenge, whether it's autism or breast cancer or whatever. We're going to have another challenge. We're going to raise money for another great cause. Maybe, just maybe, you can announce the terms of what I do if we reach a certain point, but it's not going to be your donation alone. Having said that, let's talk about some people that are actually paying the bills. Ace Hardware of Connecticut wants you to go into their stores in Rocky Hill, Middletown, and Norwich. Okanagan, wood pellets, $7.49 a bag. $299.99 $299.99 a ton. These are Canada's renewable, eco-friendly energy source, high BTU value at a rate of 800 BTUs, low chloride content, rated number one in pellets. Go in. This is the product of the week. You go in. You buy this product. You tell them you heard it on the Loki and Jabroni show. You will be entered into a contest at these three locations. One winner is going to win a $10 Ace gift card. Great stocking stuffer for the handyman in your life. Wrenches cost money. Screwdrivers cost money. Hell, trash bag costs money. They sell it all. And you can get that at Ace Hardware, Connecticut, Middletown, Rocky Hill, and Norwich. Go in. Mention the product of the week. Buy the product of the week. Mention Local Brush Show. Be entered into the contest. And if you don't have a wood stove, buy it for somebody who does have a wood stove and get in the contest. Great stocking stuffer. Wouldn't I like to see wood pellets in my... Right. I don't have a, I don't have a wood pellet stove. I had one. I would sell it off at a higher rate of pay, but... Oh, Christ, it's too easy. It's way too easy. It is. I, I feel like we're running, we have time where I want to ask you a question. We, uh, we're going to run for like two hours, but absolutely. It's the Montreal Screwjob. It's the Montreal Screwjob. like flew by so freaking It did. Fast. It feels like you've been here for 40 minutes. Not really, but we've been, we've been going for like two you hours. You guys were talking about it nonstop for like an hour and a half. I was watching the clock. It was great. And I enjoyed it, and I've seen your points, and you saw my points, and we kind of have a middle ground and whatever. Um, two questions for the future. Uh, one, your prediction for November 25th, Ohio State versus Michigan. Score, whatever. Well, once again, i got to go with Michigan. I of course you do. Gotta, gotta, uh, and, and not only that, you guys have won the last few years, so, you know. That's that's got something's got to be said. Last two yeah. years, well, since we started doing yeah, this, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, the flag is up here all the time. It's like uh-huh. you won, but in reality, you have to look at it and remember that I won. No, I know. Well, I know. I'm just want to put it over your bed. No, 
I'm pretty good. I got two Ohio State sweatshirts. I got, that, I got some pictures I can throw up there. And then no, no, no. That, that's it's fine where it is. I'm right back after November. So it, it's gonna, it's gonna. You're gonna remember you're gonna the it right now. It'll, it'll be coming back officially. Oh Christ, here we go. Yeah, I leave it there to remind you of your misery. Uh, so let's go with uh, Michigan, obviously, and um, let's go thirty-five twenty-eight. Okay, I was gonna go closer. Obviously, I see it'll be close in the beginning. I think it'll be close at the end. I think one team's going to come out huge. I think the other team's going to come back and either take the victory or make it a battle. I have Ohio State winning 31-28. So we both agree the loser's going to get 28. Yes. And once again, I'm asking you, does the loser wear the winner's jersey at the next Loki and Jabarni show? Yeah. All right, done and done. Maybe we'll hang the flag up behind us. Maybe we'll do our thing. We'll have a good time. If you're a Michigan or Ohio State fan, share it with your friends. Let them know that this is where... Yeah, we'll be going live. Oh. I, think, I think we're going to fucking Pokey's house, right? Uh, yeah, Pokey is throwing the uh, annual The Game Party, which means I'm in the minority unless I bring my daughter, who's a Buckeyes fan. And I'll bring my dog. Your dog eats its own turds and licks itself. Actually, so it's a cat's turds, but... It's kind of a Michigan State fan. No, that's that would be licking your own butt and rolling backwards. Oh, that's a good point. Beatles do that. A that's lot. a good point. Fucking... All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Second question. Oh, that was the second question. Was it the second question? Yeah, it was, if I'm wearing the gear of the. Uh... That wasn't actually the second question. It was oh, a follow okay. up. Well, what's the second question? All right, December third, on a Sunday, we have Loki's Minnesota Vikings facing my Atlanta Falcons. Both of them. Battling for supremacy in their particular divisions. And you got the Sea Chickens this Monday. We had the Sea Chickens on Monday night uh, with the loss of Richard Sherman. I am not... I wasn't scared going in. I'm less... I'm pretty happy going in. Uh, Dallas this weekend was a great game. However, Dallas's defense is porous. And Dallas fan will never tell you that. No. But... No. Um, I watched that game. I, I screamed at the stupid defensive penalties, which is a trademark of Atlanta football this year. However, we came away 27-7. to It was great. Um, predictions on December 3rd, which we will probably watch together and live stream once again. <coughs> um, all right, so who have you actually faced that's been in defense? Green Bay. Green Bay had defense. No, they did. Back Stop. then. Don't make me go to the schedule. Now? What? Uh, I'm this going year? To, I'm going to the schedule. Here we no, go. Green Bay doesn't have defense. The right? Bears didn't have a schedule, and we took that game week one. No, no, no. I'm saying defense. Okay, let me go to the schedule. Da, 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 da. Talk amongst yourselves. I was going to say, please don't, please don't say. Okay, here we go. Let me get to the schedule. <laughs> All right, going back to week one. Really? Yeah, how it's gonna be. This is uh, this is our old, this is our old kicker. Your old kicker. Yeah. Pete Carroll. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, so here we go. Week one, the Falcons took the Bears twenty-three to seventeen. Uh, a lot of again, stupid defensive penalties. 
We go All against right, the so Packers. No defense. No we defense. go against the Packers. We win 34-23. No defense, Lions. We go the next week, the Lions. That was the uh, runoff game that I yeah. complained about. 30-26. We no go defense. and we lose to the Bills 23-17. to Wait a minute. Did I get that right? Is that the preseason? Okay. One, two, Dolphins, Lions. Lost to the Dolphins. Dolphins. There's something wrong with this because we were th- something in O prior to this. This is this is wrong. Let me go back. No, that's right. We lost to the Dolphins. We did, but there was we were three and zero going into that game and only lost two games. All right. Anyways, you're going to actually face a very it. physical defense. Uh, roads closed all day long for your man Julius. Oh, we went three and zero. We beat the Lions 30-26. Then we had the Bills. They won 23-17. Then we had the Dolphins. We lost 2017. Then we had the Patriots in the Fog Bowl, which can't complain. It's New England weather. 23-7. Then we go to New York, and we beat the Jets 25-20. We then lose to the Panthers 2017. And last week, we beat the Cowboys 27-7. So the Panthers are the only team that you've actually faced the defense. You know, having watched the game against the Packers, they put up a really decent, I'm not saying great, I'm saying a decent defensive effort against the Falcons. They were the only team in those first three games that put up a decent, I'll I'll throw the Lions in there too, but the Lions are hit or miss. One week they're great, one week they suck. That's why they're the Lions. Sometimes if they play the Vikings. Correct. But that week they played a really good defensive game. So, yeah, you're going to unfortunately have to deal with Xavier Rhodes. My man Smitty back there. Um, let's not forget uh, Alex Barr. Mama, he just Anthony, my bad. Kendricks. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough defensive battle for you guys. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Offense on our side, we're actually starting to click mm-hmm. for once. We're mm-hmm. actually looking like we're clicking pretty good. It's gonna be a high-scoring game. Because uh, unfortunately, I have noticed one thing about our defense is we will let a couple big plays slip by, and unfortunately, it sucks because you could be holding them back the whole game, whole game, whole game, whole game, and then all of a sudden, and then there's Julio. They hit you with a seventy-yard bomb. Well, and then there's Julio. Xavier. Xavier is gonna be all over that. Oh, of course, love that. I love. I love fucking Xavier Rhodes. He's a fucking incredible cornerback. You know, I was watching the uh, Falcons. Cowboys game this weekend, and they said an incredible tackle by Xavier Woods. I'm like, oh shit, do I need to put on my New Day fucking shirt and cheer for the Cowboys for a minute? Oh, man, don't you dare be sour! Be sour. I was ready, but don't however, I, I, I refrained. I even said it to Angela, I'm like, am I supposed to root for him because his name is Xavier Woods? What the fuck no, is going he's got on? That crap ass what's, the, what's the final score of the game? Uh, final score of the game, we're going to go with a very simple... Uh, well, actually, if we can have that, <clears throat> hmm. let's go thirty. No, 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 because I think your defense might actually show up too. If they if they can stay away from well, stupid penalties, if they, if, yes, because you you have a good defense that you're you're right. They do they 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 kick themselves in the ass a lot every. Fucking week. So let's go. 
Let's go with a nail biter. 31-28. See, I had it less than that. Now they're scoring. Let's, oh, there's going to be scores. There's going to be scores. So. But I had it 28-24 Atlanta. I think Matt Matt Ryan is now getting goal, into his groove. going to be the difference. 28-24. I think that it's going to be the, the the stop score that forces you it's to get probably, the field goal. And not only that, it's probably going to be like a 49 or a 50-yard field goal where one of us is sitting there like, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. motherfucker I've watched motherfucker, you here on Thanksgiving th- throw shit and yell at the TV and schnabitzfernum, noshowjones.com. You just, you, you kill things. Jizz tissue. Jizztissue.com. Fucking cock muppets. What's going to happen is we're going to live stream a lot of it. We'll have our own personal gimmick phones going on the Loki Jabari show. But, hey, look, I'm smiling. He's not. He's going to be like, hey, well, that's, I'm smiling. Yeah, he's that's not. what we should do. We should totally not. We should totally not do a Loki and Jabroni. Like, do this Chris and Mike. Right. We team Team Viking and Team Falcons. Why not? And if you're on Team Falcons, you have a, you have a, speed, you have a Viking. Wait, 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 time out. Do you have a Viking a Viking group on your Facebook? Yeah. Okay, I have a Falcon group on my Facebook. Once again, this is networking. We can do this to bring people to the show. Go on your Viking page and go live. I'll go on the Falcon page and go live, and we'll get Team Viking, Team Falcon. Oh, done there will not be, done. There will not be, and you're hearing this live right now, there will not be a live Loki and Jabroni segment, so Eddie is off the hook for this fucking <laughs> But on the 25th, we are going live on the Loki and Jabroni show page. We'll, we'll yes. split the quarters. That's we'll actually, flip a coin. That's actually close to your house. That's a... Uh, Musa. Um, Musa, yeah. Musa. You could be there. You could fill Maybe. the whole thing. We'll be in our gear. We'll, we'll be ready. Yeah. And you can eat pizza. Oh, pizza's always good. Thanksgiving pizza leftovers. Good. But there's no Tom Brady. With tep- with Fuck Tom Brady. But there's, pep- but, there's, but there's pineapple. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> yeah. He's hurt. He's done. Pineapple doesn't go on pizza. Pineapple ever. goes on pizza with, every freaking with time. No, stop. No, with you're both wrong. We're both wrong. We're both wrong. With with whatever bacon. Yeah, you can all bacon and no. or pineapple. Pineapple, pineapple, and bacon. Not only, not only, not only are you wrong. What you're saying is hate speech. Oh shit! Is he triggered? Did we just trigger but, him? Hold on, that's bullshit. No, then I no, I call back. Then that, then that, that wasn't Harvey him. Weinstein, then George Takei, Loki and Jabroni. Apparently, everything's getting assaulted. Are you triggered? Do you want to run the fucking gimmick now at the end of the show? So. No, I want to go home. I think so. Already right, wants <laughs> to go home, so. guys. Thank you so much for joining us once again each and every week. Share the show. We had a great giveaways with the Hoist Gracie giveaway. If you didn't hear about it, you might want to go back and listen to the show. How you can win between now and December 31st, one of two bobbleheads signed by Hoist Gracie, UFC Hall of Famer, or one of three autographed eight by tens by Hoist Gracie. You'll love these bobbleheads. You flick it, and it kicks Ken Shamrock's ass. I'm bringing, it's amazing. I'm bringing them next week, and I'm going to set them right here so you guys can see how awesome they are. The eight by tens will be behind us right there where AJ Styles is over there, the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. Etc. so forth. Survivor Series is this weekend. Do not spoil this shit for me. I'll be watching it after Championship NASCAR weekend. And my my game is Monday night, so I can go to any NFL party and just sit there and go, yeah, this is great. The beer is fucking fantastic. Gotta get home for three. 
This is bullshit. All of it. Yeah. Who are you yeah. playing this weekend? Let's give a little okay. NFL fans. Ooh, they've been they've been hot lately. I, I still pick I still pick Minnesota, but they've been hot lately. Why are you blinking your eyes like that? I think he's triggered. He's not triggered. I'm saying I'm picking you, but the Rams have been hot lately. Yeah. They're not. Oh Christ! No, no, no! They're hotter than <laughs> they're hotter than the Deadskins, who you just basically decimated. Walked into their house, raped their wives, emptied their fridge, and walked away. That's what Vikings do. Exactly. See, bingo, bingo, bingo Rooney, baby. The only bingo thing they Rooney. can't do is kill the Falcon, baby. We'll find out. All right, we'll be we'll be making some wings, enjoying, making some wings. Have a wonderful weekend, folks. As always, enjoy me. On Saturday, for my birthday party, the Loki Beatdown. Where is that going to be? That's going to be at Tokyo Sushi, as always. I'll be there. It's going to be fucking fun. Rock and roll. All right, good night.